welcome back to Call Me By Your Game, the podcast where I, your host, Connor McCabe, bring on a guest to hear from them about a meaningful or memorable video game from a particular moment in their life. On this show, I talk with my guest as much about what made playing that game special or memorable or fun or whatever the heck they have to say about it. As I will, dive into the context with them about the uh, about the context of when they had this special or memorable time with it. Uh, a little bit of housekeeping up top is that uh, anything that my guest or I plug today, you can find uh, in a link in our show notes. So if you scroll to the episode that you have playing right now and you click on that, uh, you can see links to whatever we plug so you don't have to search it. Starting with... The social media. We've got a ton of that stuff going on at Call Me By Your Game. Uh, if you want to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, or Blue Sky, uh, we've got links to all of our accounts there where you can see what episodes we have coming out every week, where you can see who our guest is and what they have going on. And, and, and if there's a way to support them, that'll be there too. And you can also see the cool art that I make for every gosh darn episode. Uh, there are also ways to support the show with links in the show notes as well, including leaving us a rating and review wherever you get your podcasts. Um, I uh, love seeing what people are enjoying about the show and what they like. So if you leave a review somewhere, I will read it on the show. Um, if it's on the Apple podcast or iTunes, those are public, so I can just search those myself and read them out loud. But if you leave one elsewhere, Spotify or whatever player you use, uh, feel free to DM me on social media with your review and uh, a name so I can shout you out because that goes a long way, not just for my emotional well-being, but also for more people to find the show. It helps our visibility. You can also share the show with a friend, whether they love video games in general or the games uh, the game that we're discussing on the main event later today, you can join the Discord for our uh, podcast network here where you can have wonderful conversations with a bunch of great people about not just video games, but sports. And hey, why don't I go ahead and, you know, one of my favorite channels, we talk about movie and TV. Hey, I like movie and television. I'll go ahead and say it. Um, you can uh, uh, check us out, of course, uh, on patreon.com uh, slash supernpcradio. Really having a hard time with these plugs today. Just stumbling all over these words that I've said 180 times at this point. Uh, but patreon.com slash super NPC radio is where you can find a ton of bonus video game content from myself and the makers of all the shows on our network. Um, for example, uh, we just had some really exciting stuff happen at the network. Our games club that we do every quarter where we play through a game in a book club style format uh, with new episodes every Friday. Our election just wrapped up. And it went to a tie, and I'll go ahead and break the wall. I haven't introduced my guest yet, but uh, I know my guest is is just got to be dialed into election stuff. Uh, John, um, we had a crazy situation where our patrons, they get to vote on what game out of like a selection of five that we play for the quarter, and it ended in a tie. But a five-way tie? Well, thankfully not. It was just a okay. two-way tie between the top, top two uh, picks. Right. Okay. And so, you know, thankfully we had this in the bylaws, as I'm just going to refer to them, where uh, the seven of us that contribute to the Patreon, uh, who do the Games Club, uh, we all got together and we cast our votes. And, mm -hmm. you know, it actually was a sweep. Seven people voted for Resident Evil 2 Remake, uh, which is going to be the game we play. Uh First episode's coming out October 27th on Friday, and that will take us through the end of the year. Uh, have you played that game, you Resident Evil person at all? You know, uh, uh, 
when I was younger, and, and I imagine this will be part of the history uh, uh, yes. se- section, but when I was younger, um, we were hanging out, my younger brother and I were hanging out at uh, a family friend's house. Uh, they have three boys as well. Uh, two of them are a little older than I am. They were playing an early Resident Evil game. Oh, yeah. Maybe one, maybe three. Uh-huh. Uh, regardless, I wasn't like too little but i i was a little scared and yes. and as as we'll get into it like um i was not uh my my brother and i were not always or, or it, it took a long time for my parents to come around to letting us play video games mm-hmm. uh beyond game boys and, <laughs> and and so like i think because of that delay and because like i just wasn't into watching that scary game when yeah. i was younger I, i've never been a resident evil guy um or like a last of us like any of the scary games oh yes well yeah. you know you and i will have that in common with resident evil i've only so I, I have a playstation 5 and for a while there used to be this if you were a playstation plus member you could had access to like 20 classic games from the ps4 um that like god of war 2018 shadow of the colossus and resident evil 7 so i played i played like three hours of that and it was great uh, but really scary uh and so anyway all that being said i'm really excited to play this uh this game resident evil 2 remake uh my copy should be on the way from ebay so if you're a listener out there and you like that series and or that game and you want to hear us cover it over 10 weeks well uh check us out on patreon at that 10 dollar dj toad tier there's a bunch of great stuff there including whatever we're doing for our games club, which you now know about, that'll do it for the housekeeping. And I'll introduce our guest, which we've kind of like, you know, it's like you're behind a curtain and I've sort of turned to you as I'm on mic in front of the the crowd. And I do think of the audience like a crowd at all times. Oh yeah, And I've I've spoken to you, but I'll finally introduce you. Please welcome to the microphone, writer and comedian, John Hess. Hey, thank you so much for having me. Uh, It's good to, good to be talking into the mic for the very first time this afternoon. Yes. Uh, you know, <laughs> hard, hard reset. Um, hey, it was necessary. Know. And I'm glad you, you know, you did that work for us. Yeah. But John, I'm so excited to have you on the show. Um, Thank you. And I'll even, you know, we'll talk about how we know each other uh, yeah. as well. But I will say what happens sometimes is that like I'll have a friendly uh, like uh, rapport with someone that I don't know is into video games at all. And suddenly just, I think for for the first time I saw you posting about the new Assassin's Creed on your birthday and happy belated, by the way. Thank you. And as soon as I saw that, I was like, well, hmm, I'm going to slide into these DMS and I'm going to ask John on the show. Well, and, and I was thrilled. It's one of those things where like, I'm, I'm very aware uh, of a lot of my friends, you um, very much included, who have their podcasts, and yes. um, you know, I, I'm I'm maybe that kind of person who, who like puts in his Instagram stories or, or Twitter, like um, it used to be something like "Put me on your podcast, cowards," or, uh, or you know, so, something something to that yes. effect. And and then like as I had maybe less to uh, promote, or like I wasn't doing as many shows mm-hmm. uh, or or whatever it was, I, I did that less and less, but. Um, I love the sound of my own voice and, and I, I love, uh, you know, I just, you know, I would all, every, every comedian likes to be on their friends' podcasts. And, uh, so I'm just, I'm thrilled to be here. I get, oh, right. Uh, listeners will find that I'm a chatty guy. Um, perfect for the show. (laughs) Good, 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 good. It, 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 um, what I was building to is I, I had, uh, 
hoped I might find a way to uh, ask to be on your or or just casually mention that I would love of to course. be a guest of the yes. podcast. I'm glad that it worked out uh, this way. Yes. Um, yeah. Then you also, never have. Yeah, go for it. Oh, yeah. Well, I was just going to say, I mean, you know, before my intro, talking about the the election you had, I, I don't I mean, I didn't offer really any commentary and I, I just asked a silly question. But I do wonder if that can be considered my my very first um, act of political punditry. Uh, and if so, cool. I will. I'll go ahead and, uh, you know, you speculating, can it be considered that? I'll go ahead and say that absolutely yes. And it will Thank be you. on your, you know, when when we look back many years in the future and we're like, where did it all begin political punditry wise for John Hess? Yeah, we're going to be referring to Call Me By Your Game episode 183, where you discussed yeah. uh, a little game later. So congratulations in advance. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, yeah. Call me uh, CNN. MSNBC. Those are, the on, those are the only two cable news networks I want to. I, yeah. I, <laughs> He's available. Um, I'm, I'm available. Well, John, like I said, so excited to have you on. I'm so glad you posted on your story about this because truly I'm I'm just looking for, you know, because like doing 183 episodes at this point, um, that's a lot of people to feel comfortable enough to have on a show in a conversational style format um uh an intimate one as some have said many people are saying that uh but i'm so glad you did it you and i know each other um in a kind of an interesting way and i i can and i can't always point out the exact moment that i met my guests but i try to if if the memory comes to me and i think i know exactly when we had our first conversation so we met through a group of uh like there was a a wave of uh, New York improvisers and comedians that came out to Los Angeles. Uh, I mean, in, in the late 2010s, but specifically like 2019, I made friends with so many of those people. Um, one of my closest being uh, uh, Molly Kiernan, who was recently on a bonus episode of this show. But we met through all these group, this group of people. We were on like the occasional Zoom together in like the throes of 2020. Um, but there were so many people on these things that it was like I don't even I barely retained any new person. Uh, but flash forward to spring, I think spring 2021, we're at a park. We're in Griffith Park. Yeah, big park hang. And what do you know? I'm standing next to this guy with uh, I believe he had a mustache at the time with a great mustache and shades on. And I don't know if we like introduced ourselves or if it was one of those like. Oh, we've been standing in the circle long enough, and I think we've figured out who we are. But that's yeah. like my first memory of you. Yeah, I, I I know exactly what you're talking about. I mean, I I, I there were a lot of park hangs. Uh, yes, between, there were <laughs> between spring 2020 and spring summer 2021. Yes. Um, and I I'm I'm like next to positive that I know exactly the one you're talking about. Um, I think it may have been a birthday party. Um, yes, was it Curtis's birthday? Yeah, I think it was Curtis and Elise's oh birthday gosh. party. Oh my gosh. Um, and so, right, there was like a, a circle and it, there happened to be like a good few people in there that mm. I was very much aware of. Uh, and it's the kind of person like, do they know that we like kind of know each other? Yes. <laughs> uh, like, sh should we like formally finally introduce ourselves? And you were absolutely one of them. And I feel like, yeah, we, we hit it off very, very quickly. Yeah. It, it could have been the mustaches. Hey, um, they'll bring know. people together. The great uniter. Yeah, yeah it's true. Um, I just, yeah, I was, you know, as I always do when having a guest on, I, I, I think about, uh, really mull over our, our friendship and whatnot, but 
that's when it started. And when you came into my, uh, you know, my field of vision, but what do you want? What else do you want to share about yourself? You're a writer and a comedian. Yeah. You moved here from New York, didn't you? I did. I moved out here, uh, gosh, in, in June, 2016. So a little Killer. over, yeah, closer to, to seven and a half years ago now. Um, and, you know, I, I'm, uh, in addition to writing and performing comedy, uh, I'm, uh, director uh you know comedy video director um and editor and so you know i have been working in post-production editing videos at a um at an online publication i'm not sure if i'm allowed to say their name but they were uh started by uh a, a very wealthy woman with a very wealthy sounding name uh, <laughs> uh and and a, and a, and, a, and an accent um who used to be a republican and is is now a democrat um or, or a liberal um the last word of the publication's name is post. So I was, uh, I was, <laughs> we're I was, getting closer. <laughs> I was editing, I was editing videos um, at a, a publication that rhymes with uh, Fluffington Post. <laughs> uh, stupid. And, um, and, and, and doing some stand up uh, enough that I was getting pretty confident in like a style, et cetera. Um, but not really uh, feeling like I, I had the room to to grow in the way that I wanted to. Uh, the job that I had, as as you know, positive and of an experience as it was, it was a morning show, and I just like I could not have my nights. So this is far more of a story. No, uh, this, than, I'm, than, than I'm I eating all this but... up. Great, great. Uh, so I had been mulling over the move to LA for a while, and I was like, you know what? Yeah, it's time. So. Mm -hmm. 2016, I pack up a van with all of my things uh, and with my parents, uh, and we drive across the country. Um, guys, uh, there, there's a lot of really cool stuff to see in the uh, lower 48, I got to say. Um, and uh, if you're mulling over a cross-country road trip, I highly, highly recommend. But uh, yeah, so I, I moved out here um, having saved and and with the intention of just like not having a job for a little while Yes. after I moved here, tried really hard to... Um, you know, break into the comedy scene out here. I thought it would be easier than it was. Mm -hmm. um, I didn't take any improv classes at UCB or anything here thinking like, oh, I'll be able to integrate into the LA scene. It's not as easy as I thought, which is oh, fine. Oh, yeah. First thing I did, like I think within weeks of moving here, maybe within a couple weeks was audition for what were then called mess hall teams. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And like, Look, good, good for me for for continuing to to do that. Uh, but I, I think it was a pretty ill advised uh, <laughs> first act. Um, didn't know anybody. Like, look, you should be improvisers uh, should be able to, you know, do improv with anybody and and do a good job. Maybe you have an off night. Maybe you don't. Who knows? But like, I don't know. Your first thing in a new community. It, it, it was it was rougher than like I expected in an audition setting that. I'd like to believe is better now, but is always difficult and not perfect. And like often cutthroat, like in yeah. your little group. Exactly. And, and like, you know, I, I, I don't, I didn't have like a bad experience. I just, mm -hmm. you know, I truly like, I made zero impact there. I, I, yeah. I you know, so whatever. And, and, you know, it was also, it's also hard to find uh standup um, outlets out here and um, you know, especially moving out here and and not knowing as many folks as you thought you might have you know whatever so all that's to say uh you know it's been seven years um and moving out here was a bit of a slower start but you know you just kind of put your nose to the grindstone and and find those shows and and i i took a bit of a break from from doing 
or I guess from performing comedy uh, at first because of COVID and, and now just because, you know, focused on screenwriting. But uh, I really didn't expect to like talk about my, my career journey. But yeah, <laughs> but yeah, that, that, that's that's where I am. It's, it's uh, you know, you, you sort of step away from the plate for a while and, and you're itching to, to get back to it. Totally. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, you know, it's performing is so interesting and so many people have obviously everyone's journey is different um and i what i've experienced what i would say is like you know for better or worse currently if i didn't have like a, essentially like an every other week opportunity to perform at a theater that i do have to do no work producing like then i might not be doing it right now it's hard to say and i've gone through waves of my life where like it's been all i've done uh, is like performing comedy. Uh, so like, I totally understand like the place you're in and, uh, and whatnot. And heck you're going to be, it's going to be the right perfect path for you. And I know you were just looking for someone to tell you that today. Thank you. You know, I, um, I really, I hope so. And, uh, I'm inclined to, uh, share that optimism. Um, so, you know, we'll, uh, We'll see how it all goes. I um, my life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, but it, it is. It's 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 one of those like it, it's it's hard to sort of wrap your head around um, getting back in the saddle and like, oh my god, am I going to start like doing open mics again? Yeah. But uh, you know what? He, like, I, I you got to let a lot of that pride go. Totally. Uh, yeah. I mean, I I played drums for a very long time oh. between elementary and high school, and I stopped practice. I mean, I didn't have a kit when I moved to New York City. I don't have a kit out here. Um, so I stopped practicing regularly. And when I go back to it to, to scratch an itch or to get the let out or whatever, I suck. Yeah. But, it, but it's fucking fun. Yeah. And so I just, you know, let that, I expect myself to play really, really well. And I don't. And sometimes my hands hurt because I'm out of shape. But like, you know, you swallow your pride, do it for the fun. Between 2016 and 2019, um, you know, there was a a different, and I'll I'll be cagey about it. Uh, unfortunately, but you know, it's for, I guess, uh, uh, privacy or whatever. Uh, something to do with my employment uh, uh, put me in a very very deep depression, and I didn't mm -hmm. have a lot of didn't have a lot of control over my life. Um, and so, outside of uh, work, the one thing I could control was my fitness, and I worked right across the street from LA Fitness, and I I would I was a gym rat. I I yeah. became I, I became a gym rat. At, never expecting that but like you know i was in great shape i felt really good my hard work paid off and then lifestyle changed after getting a different job covid kept me out of the gym for a long time and like i mean i'm still struggling with consistency now a, a couple years after mm -hmm. things started to feel safe again and it's like every time i fall off the wagon when i want to get back on you just again swallow your pride get over totally. it feel okay sucking, feel okay not having, and not that I did have abs, but like feel yes. okay with, with not having abs still. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah. So yeah. thanks for letting me, um, my therapist got fired uh, by his company a couple of weeks ago. So thanks for letting me talk some of this shit out. Well, A, you're so welcome. And B, uh, wow, is that, I wonder <laughs> if that's true. Uh, it, it is. <laughs> incredible. Uh, yeah. Well, John, that's, Thank you for sharing, but also we could, this is something I could do off the, off mic, but if you are looking for uh, like a wonderful, like friendly environment for a stand up show, I have some friends who run a great monthly show uh, 
on like Thursdays at the clubhouse. Former guest of the show, actually, Keenan Buchanan runs a show called Nice Mike. Balls, I can always hook you up. You hit me up and uh, we'll connect you. Thank you. I think I've heard of that and it might have even been from you. I Um, think probably. Yeah, uh, I vaguely remember talking maybe we've talked about this on uh outside of netflix holding signs you know what because i met um your friend i think becca yeah yes becca and becca was like i think talking about stand-up and i was like you got it i I keep pointing people to this show because uh it was like i'd never done stand-up in my life first time i'd ever done it and it was such a fun warm welcoming environment um that like i highly recommend it to all levels of stand-up whether you're like me and new or a more seasoned person but uh but yeah nice mike i don't know what thursday they are but they got a great instagram handle um so it's out there uh awesome um john uh we are going to in a bit get into your brief history or like a history of your time with video games throughout your life um but before we do that will you please introduce the game you've brought on for the main event later and call me by your game Oh, yes. The game I've brought on today is one of my favorites, Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Can't wait. It's going to be a blast. Uh, Let's get into your history. Do you remember um, first taking an interest in video games or like the earliest memory you have of watching or playing? Yeah, I think the earliest memories I have um, all revolve around my older cousin Paul's Game Boy Mm-hmm. Um, not a Game Boy Color. And he had a couple of games. I think there was one sports game. It might have been a basketball game or a soccer one. Mm-hmm. Um, although I'm having a really hard time, even though he's a sports fanatic, I'm having a hard time picturing that just for for the for the Game Boy, like a like a mid-90s Game Boy. Yeah. I like I I'm sure there were games of all sports on the Game Boy, but I've only ever seen like there was a launch title for the Game Boy. I think it was just called like baseball and yeah. that I can picture. But like trying to picture, yeah, like a football or basketball game or soccer is kind of hard. And I do remember playing baseball games on that game. But so the other game that I remember him having was like a, a Looney Tunes, like rate not racing game, but like it was a it was a um, it might have even been Tiny Tunes. Mm-hmm. Um but you would play as 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 Bugs Bunny or as the little but I don't remember the Tiny yeah. Bugs' name. And you would just be like running. And it was almost like one of the Super Mario games um, where you'd have to go through. It feels like a side scrolling temple run. Yeah. Almost. Uh, and and there were, you'd have I mean, you have to jump and dodge. And I don't think you could attack or break things. Um, but it was it was really, really fun. And you could, I mean, it was one of those games where you could truly spend like older cousin me younger brother like could be sitting watching the person playing (laughs) for god knows how long um and eventually i think paul probably got a game boy color and thus i received his game boy and and that game and i mean i was hooked because i mean i remember the feeling of like those two buttons like Mm -hmm. finally this is mine and like the, the on switch and the little red light that would come on um so that was the first and i mean i remember uh, you know, my mom, every new video game, I guess, advancement or whatever that that I got or received as a gift or whatever it was, um, was always a relenting from my, yes. from my parents, <laughs> usually, usually my mom. Um, mm-hmm. 
and like you know she relented but like it was true like this thing is mine now mm. and i would i would need her to help me beat certain levels of that thing <laughs> and you know eventually i i it was probably super mario bros or, or you know whichever one you could like eventually hit the down arrow pad and, and play as luigi um mm. i don't know if it was three or not but i actually yeah. ha- i i have it on a switch as well yes um they released that like pack a couple years ago um but yeah, so it's that. It's just playing my cousin Paul's, uh, like, I don't know if it was the original Game Boy, but it was the slimmer, oh, Game Game Boy Pocket? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. And then eventually getting a Game Boy Color and Pokemon Red and eventually for Hanukkah, I remember getting Pokemon Yellow. Oh, wow. Big get. Yeah. No, that was that was the first time. I mean, I'm, I'm skipping ahead a, a little bit for lack of memory or sure. lack of details, but I mean, that was the first time I felt like, oh, okay here and there my parents are like cool with me and eventually my brother who was a pokemon blue kid um but are the they're cool on occasion with us having like a video game because yes you know it, eventually like the the mid 90s turned into the late 90s the two by the 2000s i feel like a personal video game game device like a game boy was pretty ubiquitous and it was mm-hmm. it was hard not to have that um, if, if, if we were able and like, eventually, you know, it was seen as, um, something that we could, we could do. It took much longer yes, uh, to, to have a, 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 like a console that would plug into the TV. Yeah. Uh, well, I, you know, to that like idea, it's, I think you're right. Is like the time we were growing up and Hey, let's be honest, only nineties kids really know. Yeah, it's yeah. true. These uh, kids these days. We we were on like the the final frontier of like of that being just like you said, a, a, like ubiquitous part of of culture and something that was like not not like niche. And I wonder if I'm sure today that there are families and kids who go through a very similar thing or who aren't allowed to have video games. I'm sure of that. Um, but now, like. They are just like it's like the biggest industry in entertainment now, video games. Yeah. So it's it's so common. But yeah, that the story of your story though, I feel like I've heard plenty of similar ones on the show where someone's like, "Hey, it was a battle, but we finally uh, we we overcame the odds." Right. Well, and yeah. Like you know, uh, our first, my brothers and my first uh, TV based game console uh, was a GameCube that we got for Hanukkah. I think there was a year, I think maybe the year the GameCube came out. Yeah. Hanukkah came uh, during Thanksgiving. Wow. um, Which is one of those rare occasions. And um, because I remember my cousin Paul and his older sister Stephanie, my cousin Stephanie, were over uh, from Wisconsin. We, We live in Connecticut. And like, I'm pretty sure Josh, my younger brother, who is more into sports than I am, uh, got a Madden game or Paul brought his Madden. Um, and it came with Super Mario Sunshine. Okay. Uh, um, which I still haven't beat. It like there was a point where, like, to my elementary school mind, I it just got too hard. Um, I also it may not have been the best designed game. I we, we can relitigate that at oh, some point. I could I could tell you, I could I could talk about this forever, but you're absolutely right, and <laughs> okay. I just want to affirm like you through all stages of your life of not finishing that game. Thank you. Okay, yes. good. Um, but I I say that because like a lot of my elementary school friends um 
were the only source of video games that I had aside from like my Game Boy. So, you know, I would go over to their place and play their N64s. Yeah. And that, that's how I got to know the original Super Smash Bros. That's how I got to know James Bond Goldeneye. So like when, when you asked what I wanted to talk about, the reason I brought up Nightfire was A, because I, I look, I know people have played Nightfire, but I, yes. I also figured um, you have a lot of the games that I might've mentioned uh, already covered on this yeah. podcast. But I figured Nightfire might be like a little bit less, um, you know, likely to have been mentioned. Uh, you have everything or nothing already talked about. So like, and and that was the game I feel like went totally under the radar. Yes, I um, like James Bond in particular, like the James Bond series is one of the most talked about on this show. Yeah. Like, and of course our, um, like, you know, Zach Olson, don't you? Do you know yeah. Zach? Yeah, Zach, yeah, I don't know that we've met, but the name is familiar. Yeah, Zach brought on Goldeneye maybe two years ago at this point. And, but that's often one that gets brought up by people when, you know, we're, we're having that initial conversation of coming on the show. That's, but then like, Nightfire has been mentioned. You're not the first person since we did an episode to be like, what about this one? And even everything or nothing like you said. Yeah. I mean, I, I even remember the villain's name from everything or nothing. I think it was Nikolai Diav- Diavolo. <laughs> I don't know. It was, whatever. It's yeah. just cool. It's cool that they got Pierce Brosnan and Judy Dench to uh, be um, in those games. I think that was like early face scanning technology yeah. for the video games. Um, but yeah, so like, I mean, I never really played much Majora's Mask or Ocarina of Time for that, uh, you know, matter. The only exposure I had to those games, to a lot of the Zelda games, um, were friends who had N64s yes. and maybe they would let me play. Yeah. Uh, when, uh-huh. when, I, when I came over, um, cause those games are kind of hard to ter- you know take turns, especially if you're not familiar. Totally. And, and it is one of the reasons why I never quite got into breath of the wild or tears of the kingdom. Mm-hmm. It's just like, I don't really have the, the back interest. Yeah, sure. I, I love playing. I actually don't love playing with link, but I, I enjoy playing with Zelda and Sheik and Ganondorf in various uh, uh, smash bros franchise games, but Never quite got into the actual Legend of Zelda games. Yeah, that yeah. can happen. They're like, I mean, you made a great point of like, it's it's a single player game uh, that you probably don't want to put down. So it is a tough one to just start playing at a sleepover. Um, right. Like you said, uh, I love that the GameCube was your first console. It's like uh, mine is plugged in basically at all times. Uh, I still love the thing. It's got one of the weirdest libraries. I've talked about this a bunch, but Link became a cartoon. Uh, Luigi finally got a game, but he's a Ghostbuster. And right. Mario goes to jail in his game. So, <laughs> like, it's an unusual one, but so great. Um, was there anything else you wanted to say about... Um, I know Nightfire was one you were considering considering bringing on. Anything else you wanted to say about that game? Oh, you know what? I, just Only because it's maybe amusing because I was I must have been like 10 or whatever but I mean that was that was probably the first game I remember actively seeking out and sharing cheat codes with oh, cool. uh, my friends you know we would that was a great I think the multiplayer for that might have been a little better than um than Goldeneye mm-hmm. uh, so like I remember just like friends coming over we'd have nightfire parties oh um, cool you know I feel like the nightfire would turn into either Mario Kart or or Smash Bros um, which would eventually turn into, or maybe those were concurrent, but eventually that would turn into like Guitar Hero tournaments mm. and, and like eventually, um, I mean, I, 
like maybe it's it's reverted now back to like Mario Kart, yeah, um, or Mar- or Mario Party. Um, I can't remember if there were any multiplayers in between those. Uh, I mean, but yeah. So anyway, I think uh, the only other thing that I can think of um, about Nightfire, in addition to the story also being pretty fun at the time, um, was <laughs> a lot of the and look. I'm, there's probably a lot to like dissect about this, but the the uh, the 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 Bond girls in the video yes. game, possibly more so than like the movies I had seen up until that point, were like in many ways. I don't know if they were my sexual awakening, but they they were something adjacent to that. Yes, yeah. I had cr- crushes on all of them. I can't remember their names at the moment, but uh, totally. I think, I think there were three, and I think they were all hot. Yeah. <laughs> hey, well, they cracked open the door. Uh, they walked. So who knows who could run? Yeah, um, that's amazing. So, you know, the GameCube being like a foundational or like maybe the first time you felt ownership over a, a system that could plug into a TV. Where did you go after this? Were you did you stay a consistent gamer? Did you like were you more casual after that? Sure. Um, I, I do want to I just want to uh double back real quick and say yeah, uh, you, you asked if there was anything else i wanted to say about nightfire and i said um yeah the girls in it were hot hey um valid so <laughs> I, I i do i feel like a fifth i, I feel like a fifth, fifth 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 grader again it's uh fantastic um so thank you um hey anytime yeah but so um i think when i was talking about like the progression of multiplayer i was conflating in my mind um the progression with my friends of like you know that stuff eventually led to taking turns playing Grand Theft Auto Vice City and San Andreas um, and I guess eventually GTA Mm five. And so from the GameCube, uh, you know, I would hang out with friends who had their PS twos. And here's, I guess where things get like a little silly. Um, After the GameCube, my brother and I never shared another gaming device or gaming console. Okay. Um, and like again, my therapist got fired, so you're gonna have to do some of the heavy lifting here. Kidding, uh, but I'm putting on my therapist glasses, which I need. <laughs> yeah, uh, for those who can't see, Connor's also uh, taking out a very large pipe. Yes. Um. Yeah. Also, uh, cutting lines of coke. I think he's doing a Freud thing. Yeah, I'm um, a bit unconventional. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so uh, Josh is, and and we we like to laugh about this in my family, uh, because it was both very cute and and very funny he yeah. would make like powerpoint presentations um and i think plenty of kids have done this maybe uh essentially pitching to our parents um why he should have like a certain video game system and <laughs> he, he wasn't spoiled we are not spoiled etc but like he got him like yeah <laughs> homeboy, homeboy got himself a wii um wow. which which i was allowed to play like eventually like yes share it with your brother and that's like how we played super smash bros melee um i also probably could have talked about uh star wars the force unleashed oh, which wow. i i think is maybe one of the better wii games out there because like or one of the better star wars games out there not having played all of them but truly who wants to hit x to swing a lightsaber when you can you know flail your arms about um or do a f- literal force push by punching the air that's pretty rad um, but anyway, yeah, so, uh, he, he got a Wii, um, I think eventually he got an Xbox 
360 or an Xbox mm. One. I had to buy all my shit myself. <laughs> uh, you weren't well, you weren't also crafting uh, convincing PowerPoints? No. And I don't know why <laughs> we didn't have to share them from the... I don't know why they weren't joint gifts from the get-go. Yeah. Like, I, I would use either money that I had saved or, like, gift card money or whatever. I remember buying a, like, Costco bundle nice um, of an Xbox 360 and, like, immediately getting that red ring of death or whatever it's called. No. Truly, like the oh console didn't work. And this was prior, I think, to the days when like calling customer service was truly reliable. Like yeah. this was like it was a real crapshoot. Um, so we returned it and I bought, you know, I, I basically exchanged it and bought myself a, like a mini PS2. Um, and I rebought Nightfire because I was feeling nostalgic. Right. I think I got it for like yeah. a dollar or something at that point at uh GameStop. I bought um GT a bunch of GTAs. I think that's how I had um Guitar Hero 3. We had the first SG Guitar Hero um I think on GameCube. But anyway, yeah, so um things eventually my my brothers and my video game uh, uh journey sort of split. Yes. Um but like, you know, as we got into middle school and high school, my friends and I uh were definitely more mature in our gaming. Um like I mentioned Grand Theft Auto a lot. Um and it was pretty much that I was never much of a Halo guy. Mm-hmm. And, and so, you know what? I think this is actually the 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 main story is uh, because I never had I, I had those those consoles, but like because it took me a while to get them, whereas like friends, parents would just kind of buy them for them. Um, the most exposure I had to a lot of those popular games that I think probably defined a lot of people's younger video game uh, interest, uh, I, I just sort of missed them. I missed yeah. the halo, the halo craze. Um, I feel I yeah, that like, depending on your circumstances and what you have available and when you have it, like you're saying, like, you could just totally miss out on something. I'm someone who like, even though I didn't grow up with PlayStation consoles or Xbox consoles until the 360, um, there's so much that like I just missed. And so mm-hmm. some of that is like, oh, like I'm playing, like I just got this game, Alan Wake from a retro Ooh. store for $8, which is supposed to be a fantastic sort of psychological thriller game. That's easy to pick up and be like, okay, I kind of like can experience this and guess what it would have felt like if I was playing it fresh then. But if you're talking about more of a multiplayer experience, like uh, Halo 3, like, I would have to like fight to get people together to play that now uh, as opposed to just like logging on and there's thousands of people. So yeah, I could totally see how you would uh, miss trends and stuff like that. Yeah. And, and even like the call of duty games, um, you know, I remember playing one of the call of duty games that specifically did take place in world war two at a friend's house. Again, he had the PS two and it was really fun. Uh, I, I, I'm also like, I I like, um, games that drop you into history. So Mm -hmm. like Halo, while I played it a bit and had once I sort of understood what was happening, like, sure. It was fun. Just shoot whatever you see. Um, good times. Uh, (laughs) you know, I didn't get to play enough of the call of duty to really, um, whatever version it was to, to grasp it too much, but it was fun. It was intense. Um, I never really had much interest in the modern warfare stuff i just like eh, you know i fine if people like that great um but mm-hmm. i don't i don't need to be experiencing uh 
current events like that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> or or the future games. Uh, I think I, I remember my old roommate having one for his Xbox One that I think took place in like a futuristic South Korea. Um, hmm, that sounds from I also Black a series I've basically not played, but I yeah. think they did do that at a certain. Yeah, point. it sounds sounds like Black Ops or something. And I was just like, okay, you know what? I this is fun for a minute. I think we played yeah. some multiplayer. Uh, my roommate Chris at the time and our friend Jesse and I, and it just it was fine. But for myself, the story mode, I don't need it. But as far as war games go, you know, again, like I I missed a lot of these big tentpole games. But so for my PS2. Um, I bought a game called Heroes of the Pacific, which was a dog oh. fighting. It was actually really fun. Um, oh. it was a a dog fighting airplane, uh, like fighter fighter jet, yes. not jet, but fighter plane. There were no jets in World War II, but yeah. So you're fighting in the Pacific theater, and it follows a a basic story. But you're basically just dog fighting or doing like uh bombing runs. And look, military industrial complex video games, whatever. This is a really fun game about yeah. a, a war that has long since passed. Um, and wasn't a but you know it was one of the one of the probably whatever we're not gonna get into it um so um yeah that was a fun game and then uh, i've never heard of that yeah i mean it was but that's what i'm that's that's what i mean it's like (laughs) totally uh under the radar like nothing game i think uh Hmm. but it was it was really fun um i also played uh for the xbox one that old roommate had um battlefield one Yes. Uh, you know, I, I like, like I said, the, the history. And so Battlefield 1 was actually a really sweet World War One video game. Brutal. Very mm. hard. I mean, the very first mission that sort of introduces you to the game, the, the, the last text you read is you are not expected to survive. Um, and mm. it's just, it feels very immersive and very intense uh, for World War One, which, you know, obviously a nightmare of a war. Yeah. And so... Um, that's the type of stuff that I I really sort of gravitated towards because I'm a I'm a history nerd and and yeah and you know I like the adventure stuff I like first person shooters um but I like it to feel somewhat realistic totally yeah I see very very cool um so it sounds like we've sort of you know we've continued into your history as well with like some of the stuff you're playing with uh roommates and such did you like I know that you've got at least one, seemingly two consoles at this point. What got you back into having your own, or did you have your own at the time as well? Yeah, so I brought that PS2 to college, and I played it for maybe the first semester. And I played sure. Heroes Here of the Pacific that first time. <laughs> um, pretty sure I brought it home. My brother, by that point, I believe had an Xbox 360. I don't remember when they released the Xbox One. He now has the Xbox One, and he does not play on it. He just yes. uses it for streaming. But um, he was still living at home, being in high school, and had his Xbox something plugged into our TV. For Hanukkah, my freshman year, I either bought or you know with gift money or received uh, L.A. Noir. Oh, Yeah. Which, yeah, was hailed at the time as like a whole leap forward in video gaming. Um, and I remember because I, I, I went to film school and I and I had just uh, finished my sound semesters. Like your first semester is either oh, cool. visual or sound. And so I t- took sound and I was super into sound design. And this video game had like surround sound, sound design. Oh, wow. It was really freaking cool. And it was also at the time very realistic. They yeah. had like half the cast of Mad Men in it for some yes. reason. Yeah, including the lead. The lead was one of the characters in Mad Men. Yeah, the, the lead was yeah. uh, Ken Cosgrove from Mad Men. Um, and it was awesome. It was a really fun game. It was also very long this was my first um 
experience playing a game that was like truly an adventure or not, you know, like a, like a story that you had to figure out four discs. Whoa. What? I, yeah. I think it was four discs. And so I, I come home for, for winter break and i managed to get through like a couple of those discs, mm -hmm. but to this day, I've never finished it because it was time to go back to college and the, uh. the game stayed there. And by the time I got back to like play it again, I don't, I don't know if I lost interest at first or if like circumstances arose where like I just it wasn't my Xbox, first of all. So like if Josh wanted to play it, of course, Josh was going to play it. Um, and so I think eventually it just became less and less convenient. It's the mm -hmm. same reason I stopped watching New Girl <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because it just got less and less easy uh -huh. uh, to find it like uh, Hulu at the t whatever. It doesn't matter. Um, you know, I just so I eventually lost interest and um so I, I didn't really have a console of my own and I kind of lost interest. Yeah. Um, maybe not in video games, but in like pursuing them because I wasn't going to buy anything. Um, there wasn't like every, it, I think there was maybe a period where the games were so online um, and like mm, you had you, you had your community and like you were taught, like my brother, when I would visit home would be on, I don't know if he was playing Call of Duty or eventually he was only playing Fortnite and now he doesn't, but truly like you're talking to people and you're playing your games and you have like your little community. And because I didn't have anything, like I just, I felt like I was missing, not missing out, but I just, I, I, I didn't have the interest in, in getting that into it. There was a period big investment, feels yeah, big, like. big investment in time, energy, money, all that stuff. Um, re-educating myself as to what video games had become yeah and i think and this isn't a, a an indictment of of video games or of or of the culture or anything but i think maybe in the early 2010s to me it felt like it was becoming a culture or video games were evolving in a way where i just it it didn't seem to be offering what i enjoyed about it mm -hmm. um when i was younger I think the multiplayer stuff moving to online was a little less attractive to me. Um, Cause I mean, I, and I still love like the Mario party of it all, just like getting together and like even the Jackbox stuff feels like mm -hmm. that now, like everyone's in the same room. And if we have to be doing something with a TV involved, like at least we're all dicking around like, together. Engaged sort of. Yeah, exactly. And so I don't think I got into video games again until maybe late 2014 after college. Um, I moved in with a couple of guys who had a PS3. Mm. Um, and there was, and sort of, and that reignited, reinvigorated my interest in those sort of first person adventure type games. Um Skyrim was coming out and being, you know, becoming very popular. I was also deeply, like, way too obsessed with A Song of Ice and Fire, the the novels, and oh, Game, of, Game of Thrones, the TV show. And so I knew I must play Skyrim. So yes. I played it. I played it for one night, and I knew immediately if I keep going for even a sing <laughs> single day longer, I will not leave the apartment for a year. Yes, so I, yeah. <laughs> I, I put Skyrim away and I have not looked at it. Oh so, I mean, boy. I'm sure it's good, but it was also, it was, and we'll get into like, when we talk about AC Odyssey, um, I love open world and all of that. Yes. I think, again, I have barely played it, but I think I either wasn't ready for something like that with Skyrim or the world is way too open. 
And yeah. I just, I, I got way too overwhelmed. And mm -hmm. I was like, oh, I, there's so much to see. There are so many NPCs to talk to. There, uh, Anything I do is going to make a bunch of townspeople chase me with shovels. Like it just got, it was fun. I love being in that fantasy realm. For sure. Um, especially as a as an obsessive thinking about, oh, what house am I in? Am I a Stark or what? Um, it was just too much. So I had to put that down. But my, that same roommate had Far Cry 3. Mm. And that, really got me going Ooh. Back, back on track um i saw one of the roommates playing it there was like a, one thing i love about far cry is um in every game there's some sequence where you are tripping okay uh, <laughs> either somebody's given you a drug or they've tricked you into eating something that's going to make you trip yeah. or you, you've inhaled something because it's a it's a bioweapon or whatever um so i saw him playing far cry 3 and he was like going through this whole trip uh, uh, walk, whatever. Um, and it just looked like so much fun. So I was like, okay, when you're done with this, let me play. I, I, you know, I got super into it. I bought Far Cry four for us. And, you know, we played that, uh, you know, mm. one after the other. Um, yeah. So, so that would, that was Brooklyn. That was the PS three. Uh, and then I moved to LA PS I'm sorry, Xbox one bought some games for that basically like uh, until i lived alone so I, until 2020 yeah um i was just playing roommates games yes. because eventually right so there's a very long-winded way of saying no, all that okay. but um yeah i just i got uh more and more curious i i had a little maybe a little more time um a little more access clearly and then eventually like you know i had a job i had income so i, I didn't have to buy the console but i could afford to maybe buy a used game or or a a new game or, or whatever. And I was finding ones because I could see them being played that seemed really fun. Totally. Yeah. And like, you know, I got GTA five, uh, which had come out a couple of years prior and I, I had only seen it being played. And now I finally got to, you know, again, this game that I used to hunt for cheat codes with my friends and just, we would all have sleepovers and, and, you know, see who could find the machete the fastest or whatever in Vice City. And, you know, now I'm I'm playing uh, or or I bought San Andreas for myself years ago and I could never get past a certain racing level. Yeah. And now, uh, you know, here I am playing uh, uh, this game that I bought myself again. Um, that's harder, but more uh, uh, interesting with its three player storyline or three character, whatever. And like I'm getting back into it. I'm getting back into it. So nice. A, yeah. That's incredible. So now at this current point, you have uh you Xbox One, you said, or no. So so uh when I moved to LA, my roommate at the time had the Xbox One. Okay. And I, I bought some games for that. Eventually he and so he moved out, but he was moving to New York for a job and he left a lot of his things in our apartment, including his Xbox One, uh, which leads to our second topic of conversation but um you know skipping ahead he moves back to la and he takes uh the rest of his stuff with him uh which means i am console -less. um oh. and so when you know what that happens um i'm here by, for you emotionally thank you so much yes uh but by this point uh yeah i'm i'm fully back on the video game wagon um cool. especially by the way just thematically be partially because um there's a lot less pressure to be online with a headset talking to people. Mm -hmm. Like there's a lot more single player adventure type games that I like. Um, but so a couple things happen uh, at the end of 2019. So new year's Eve, 2019, I decided to quit smoking pot, um, which was a big deal for me. Um, Good for you. 
thank you very much. Uh, and so that will come into play uh, later in 2020. But so uh, for, I mean, by, uh, yeah, like by April or May 2020, uh, things were pretty rough. Yeah. And, and, you know, I, a lot of us had a lot of time on our hands. Um, and I had recently finished up my first uh, assistant editing job in LA that got me into the editor's guild. And like, you know, I had been making a decent living. Um, I wasn't particularly interested in the Nintendo Switch for a while, but something about having a lot of time on my hands made me eager for a, a video game console of my own. So I managed to buy, an, it was really hard to find them for a while, but eventually I managed to get my hands on a Switch. And that was the first game console I bought myself in years, truly in wow. well over a decade. Um, and uh, I still have it. And that's where I play uh, my favorite game of all time, Hades. Um, nice. Something about having a ridiculous amount of time on your hands in the summer of 2020 uh, and a game like Hades uh, was a, a really perfect combination. Um, it, you know, going back to like the, the, connection thing too i was able to play games with friends here friends back in new york uh uh pokemon shield mm -hmm. um super smash bros uh ultimate? ultimate yeah ultimate yeah yeah uh mario kart mario party all that stuff like we've got the online thing again the way that i like it so yes. that's that's great and then uh january 2021 rolls around and or even like winter of 2020, so like Hanukkah time. Mm -hmm. It's a, I'm approaching, and I will absolutely succeed in reaching a year of sobriety. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, uh, when it comes to weed, and I'm like, you know what? Again, I, I this may not be like the most amazing financial decision for myself, but I can do it, and I want to do it. I'm going to find myself a PS5 uh, as like a congrats on not getting high for yeah. anything. Um, so it takes me until May of 2021, but eventually I, I find myself a PS5. And so those are my two consoles now. Cool. Um, mostly stick to games on the PS5 because it just, the, the quality uh, with my TV and whatnot is is remarkable to me. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, yeah, I love them both. Awesome. Uh, I Outside of, well, have you been playing the new, I know you were booting it up or at least looking at it on a screen. Have yeah. you been playing the newest Assassin's Creed? Yeah, so I just, I downloaded it. Um, okay. I guess it, it, it was made playable at 9 p.m. October 4th. Gotcha. My birthday is October 5th. So I played it for a, a little while on October 4th. Um, and it is really fun so far. Um, I have not had time to play it since because my family was in town for my birthday. Uh, yeah, so I'm. I I imagine when our recording uh, comes to an end, I might boot that back up. Um, but I made it like a little ways. Truly, not not that much time spent yet. But it seems like fun, and it you know I, I'm told, and I'm getting the sense that it's a return to the um, old Assassin's Creed format, the less open world, much more uh, driven for you in a way. Um, yeah, I've heard uh, similarly on the, yeah. some gaming podcasts I listen to. I think it is. A return to form, like you were saying, and yeah. uh, it seems like that they did a great job with it, from what I can tell. Yeah, it, it's I'm I haven't had, you know, too much uh, fight experience in it yet, but it it seems, you know, like your instincts uh, as far as rhythm and whatnot go from previous games will carry over, which I'm okay. really enjoying because I don't feel helpless or mm. or hopeless. Um, but it also feels like there's plenty still to get used to. Um, certain game mechanics are different, uh, and I'm I'm still getting used to oh, that. Yeah. Um, 
but I'm also, I haven't developed all of the skills yet, uh, even all of the introductory skills with this character. So, you know, I'll be very interested to see how the mythology plays into into it as well. And we'll talk about that more with, um, you know, my game of choice, but even Assassin's Creed Valhalla, you know, a lot of it had to do with Norse mythology mm. and that stuff is really cool too. So um, as I mentioned to you before we started recording, I haven't, I tried playing Assassin's Creed Origins. I couldn't yes. quite, get, couldn't quite get into it because I had already played um, Odyssey and Valhalla. Um, so I think something about taking a step back was just a little uh, tricky for me. Yeah. Um, I also just found it a little bit slower. It might've been the the compatibility um, on platforms, but mm. regardless, um, it was just, uh, it was a little hard, but I've never played any of the other, I, I tried playing Black Flag Yes. Was, yeah. Um. On my Switch, and I think also that may not have been the ideal format for it. <laughs> yeah. But I also I didn't realize at the time that it wasn't an open world thing. So I was like, why am I not enjoying this as much? And I think mm. that might might have been why. I'd like to go back eventually play that. Play Assassin's Creed Three. Yeah. Um, I think the thing that uh anyway maybe I'm I'm flying a little too close to uh uh you know our main topic. But oh, it's okay. Um, go ahead. I just I like being thrown into periods of history that I'm interested in. So. Yes. Um, medieval England, ancient Greece. The idea of going to the American Revolution is really interesting to me. Yeah. I love pirates, so Black Flag. Um, but yeah, I'm excited to see how this one turns out. The fact that they're using an earlier version of a character from Valhalla is really cool. Hmm. Um, yeah, I, I, and I also hear that it's a quicker play. I think it's it's supposed to lead into the next one. Okay, gotcha. Um, or, or something, you know, or or it's it's a precursor, or, or something for the next one. I hear the next one might take place in medieval Japan, huh? Which is super freaking cool. Wow, I have no yeah, idea. They, yeah, they make so many of these that like yeah. uh, that could just be in like a year and a half or something. Yeah, yeah. Who knows? I mean, I will say like going between AC and and uh, uh, Far Cry as well, Ubisoft does have at least with those two games does have like a pretty like recognizable format like they're, definitely their game maps and just like i feel like if i if i was familiar with far cry it made it easier to be familiar with the open world i should say assassin's yes. assassin's creed games and i appreciate that i i i do i don't feel like a like a an imposter when it comes to gaming but i do wonder if like some of the more um hardcore or passionate uh video game friends of mine maybe dislike that or or think that that's lame or you know maybe far cry's four and five are just re, you know repeats of, of far cry three and it's like i mean maybe a little bit but i i think you know being able to put a different story uh and, and slightly different elements into a, a similar format is mm. not not such a bad thing i i don't feel like it's predictable i don't feel like it makes it any easier to beat the game uh you know, I think there's a balance between if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And like, this is an an, an emerging or a technology that really rewards uh, uh, going, you know, above the last one. And and I think if you're able to balance those two, then that's great. Yeah, that um that balance that you're talking about or, uh you know, not losing what the spirit of like what a series does, but making it feel new is very difficult. And I think, you know, for any game, whether like, I just played through Tears of the Kingdom, which is like, for me personally, one of the, my favorite experiences I've ever had. Yeah. And I thought it was even better than Breath of the Wild. And I also know that there are people who are like, no, it's basically just DLC, which I think they're, I would totally disagree. But yeah. that view is held by someone. Um, 
lastly, before we head to break and then eventually talk about Assassin's Creed uh, Odyssey, is there like is there one game outside of us that either you uh, want to shout out from your history that you totally forgot to mention or is there another game on the horizon that you're also looking forward to? I'll let you choose between the two. Ooh. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, I will, I'm sure I will answer eventually, but yes. my fir- I, first I will answer your question with a question. Do you get a lot of people saying either seriously or joking uh, they're looking forward to GTA 6? I don't think someone said that yet. Oh, okay. Because I mean, so whether it's serious or joking, you could be the first. We'll see how ama- you answer. Uh, amazing. I mean, no, I am. If if and when it comes out, I am genuinely very excited yeah. for G- GTA Six. I mean, who knows? Uh, but I, I do. I do hope that they make it. Uh, I think it's uh, it, it's highly anticipated by many many people. Yeah. Did are um, you aware that like it's? I mean, it's definitely in development. There was a bunch of leaks last year as far as like. S- like the direction of the game and and some details um maybe that it's one of those things that sounds vaguely familiar but i'm I'm not sure well i think Uh, at the very least rest assured as someone looking forward to a gta 6 that it's definitely being worked on i don't know if there is like a projected release date though but for you i hope it's next year me too. Uh, but so my actual answer, I was kind of stalling just then. Oh, my yes. Actual, uh, <laughs> I, I can't think of, and it's, it's just, my memory is not always great, uh, which is why I appreciate podcasts like this, because I'm able to sort of talk into my memories. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but a game that, I, so I can't necessarily think of one that I have more memories from my past. I think mm-hmm. I named, named a lot of them. Um, I could like rattle off names and not talk about them beyond their names, but I will say, because I mentioned it, I mentioned the first one before and it, it's so true. I think about this one all the time and it was supposed to come out this year. Um, I cannot wait for Hades too. Oh um, yeah. Mm-hmm. I was really, really curious how they were going to make a sequel to that. And aside from the teaser trailer, I haven't seen much, but it looks awesome. Yes. I th- yeah. think that's all they've shown from it, which was that teaser from, I believe it was the game awards last year. So 10 months ago, Wow. Um, I want to say it's projected for early next year. Yeah. First half at least. And um, yeah, that's got to be one of the most like highly anticipated games. Uh, speaking of Greek mythology. Ah. Uh, but yeah, that should be fun. Uh, we'll see what they what they end up doing with it. Um, yeah. Well, John, I'm sure there's more we could even talk about from your history with gaming and whatnot. But thank you for sharing what you did. We're going to go ahead and take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll talk about all things Assassin's Creed Odyssey, so I'll see you on the other side. Woo! Welcome back to Call Me By Your Game. It is, of course, I, your host, Connor McCabe, here with John Hess. John, welcome back. Thank you very much. Of course. Uh, Like I told you before the show, before we get into your personal history with Assassin's Creed Odyssey, I'm going to do a little table setting for the guest on what this game is, its context in the and its context in the Assassin's Creed series. But if you want to jump in at any time and add a bullet point or amend something like green light. okay? thank you. You're welcome. Uh, Otherwise, actually, well, you know, it actually may be uh, less. um actually is and more like oh i didn't uh i didn't know that that was part of this 
I hope so. I I hope we have a few of those that are uh, fun and informative for you. Uh, yeah. So I'll go ahead and kick it off with this. Assassin's Creed Odyssey is a 2018 action RPG developed by Ubisoft Quebec and published by Ubisoft proper. It is the 11th major installment in the Assassin's Creed series, which is bonkers. Uh, so they must have like, at this point, I mean, at least 13 because there was Valhalla and then the one you're playing. What's the one you're playing called again? Mirage. Mirage. Ooh, okay. Well, that's a good game title. So there's mm. at least 13. I don't know. They could have had like a collection or something since. Anyway, it's a lot of games. Um, yeah. Uh, and uh, it's also the successor to 2017's Assassin's Creed Origins. Like its predecessor, the game features a large open world and adopts many elements from the RPG genre, which actually it was kind of like the uh, the first game in the series to really lean even further into those RPG elements, um, which is something I learned in my research. Uh, there was more co- more emphasis in this game on combat and exploration than there was stealth. Uh, the naval combat from previous titles in the series also plays a prominent role in Odyssey. And the game game's plot tells a mythological history of the Peloponnesian War between Athens and Sparta from 431 to 422 BC. Players control a Spartan mercenary who fights on both sides of the conflict as they attempt to find their family and eliminate the mysterious cult of Cosmos. Odyssey also continues the story arc of Layla Hassan, a major character introduced in Origins, who relives the mercenary's memories through the Animus device to find a powerful artifact. Um, Doing great so far? Oh, yeah. Okay, golden. Got this is like one of the meatier like table settings I've had, and I I actually trimmed it down, but I was like a lot of this seems kind of at least important or fun. So yeah, I'm gonna, I'll jump back into it. Um, uh, Odyssey facilitated uh the transition of Assassin's Creed into a series of action RPG games by introducing the pl- uh, player choice mechanics. Um, it says Origins, comma Odyssey, so I think both of these games did that. Um, which I believed. Uh, believe if it doesn't come up they were developed simultaneously um compared with other games in the series odyssey has a larger focus on historical mythology and a smaller focus on the conflict between the assassins and the templars which is the central narrative element present in most of the games uh the music was composed by the flight which uh let's looking here i'm assuming this is a this is a band uh yes the flight uh they're in english Musical duo consisting of Joe Henson and Alexis Smith. Interesting. It looks like uh, they're known mostly for their uh, video game compositions. That's really cool. Um, anyway, lastly, I'll, the last paragraph I have here is some more contextual stuff. Uh, Odyssey was released worldwide for the PS4, Windows, and Xbox One on on what the heck? Did you know? October 5th, 2018. Whoa! You're really I, tied to this game. I didn't know that. <laughs> on my actual birthday. I wonder if that's a theme. Because, I mean, I know that James Bond has done that in the past, too. Like, October 5th, I think, is James Bond Day. Oh, interesting. Or I think I think either Spectre or Skyfall were released on... I think it was Spectre. was yeah. released on the, on the 5th of October as oh. well. Also, and sorry... Uh, 30 years to the day before my birthday, before my day of birth, yes. Uh, the Beatles released their very first single of um, Love Me Do and P.S. I Love You. Really? And, yes, and as a Beatles obsessive, I feel particularly uh, tied. To Interesting. That. That's yeah. not to, 
I've got a little more I'm going to do, but to yeah, go please. on this tangent with you, uh, my birthday is November 15th. And because of that, uh, it's, it's such a big time of year for video game releases mm-hmm. uh, and like sometimes Oscar movies, but mostly like like that's a huge time for like blockbuster releases. So growing up, I was a huge Harry Potter fan. And yes. the the first movie came out the day before it came out on November. I think it was November 16th. So the day after my 11th birthday, which is like I've talked about this before, but that's the age that the characters are when they go to Hogwarts. And then the next year, uh, the Chamber of Secrets came out on my birthday. So it was like there's always something going around on my birthday that I also feel tied to. So I can relate to that for sure. Fall is the best time of year, I think, Amen. to be to be born, especially maybe when you're a kid, because like you're in school, like everybody's around for your birthday parties, etc. I will say, like, yeah, my friend growing up, uh, Nikki was born, or Nick uh, was born, uh, November fifth, and oh. he he had had at least one. I feel like it was two or three of them. Um, we went to see Chamber of Secrets, uh, in theaters, and then came back to his place for a sleepover, and uh, like truly, uh. uh terrified by that basilisk as a child oh my gosh 100 percent um yeah. with that too um like for which the game maybe the game came out like a couple days before or maybe it was that day but my parents also got me the game for gamecube and yes yes the quidditch oh my gosh it was so good uh yeah. but i remember like like i had already read the book we went and watched the movie and then my best friend comes over and we like play the, anyway was like into it and and i'll just affirm yeah fall Best time of the year to be born, especially as a kid. Because also you get like, you know, you get Thanksgiving break, mm-hmm. late November. And then like three weeks later, you're on holiday break. Oh, I could, I could, that is like a heavy nostalgia period for me. So I'll jump back into the Assassin's Creed Odyssey stuff so we can actually get to your time with the game. <laughs> yeah. Um, This game was re- uh, received generally positive reviews from critics uh, with praise for its gameplay, graphics, characters, the RPG elements, and the world design, uh, but was criticized for its overambitiousness, pacing, and the inclusion of microtransactions, which is a very common thing at that period, including now, uh, the prioritization of the RPG mechanics over the traditional uh, series elements drew a mixed response uh, from critics and players. Uh, you know, I guess it depends on who you are. You might love it or be like, I don't know. Um, Odyssey was a commercial success, selling over 10 million copies worldwide uh, in just a year and a half. Uh, Ubisoft supported the game with several releases of DLC, including two story expansions, uh, Legacy of the First Blade and The Fate of Atlantis. Uh, this game was also uh, uh, Odyssey was followed in November 2020 by Assassin's Creed Valhalla, uh, which features a historical setting in medieval England and Norway during the Viking expansion across Europe, which includes Layla's story arc, who we mentioned is a big part of this game and, and Origins. Um, John, as far as just like, and I know we just dumped a lot. I think we spent 10 minutes on that. Uh, the table setting and, and important details before we get into your history with the game. Is there anything else you want to include? Um, I don't know about table setting, but I, I think reaction to some of it, I'll be, uh, I'm very excited to talk about uh, it being my first Assassin's Creed experience, because I think a lot of what was criticized about it, especially by players and fans of the series Mm -hmm. prior to, um, are the things that I loved about it. Yeah. Um, I mean, truly when you were describing it, so like, you know, I don't remember the exact word, but like the reenactment or, or, you know, you're reliving 
the Peloponnesian War. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it combines my favorite periods of ancient Greek history, um, which I, I took one class in in college, so I'm by yeah. no means an expert, uh, and Greek mythology, which is a whole other, you know, bag of, bag of tricks. Um, I mean, it, it is in many ways, I think, my ideal video game. Um, and I think just the way that it's uh, set up for you to play, I, I, I just thought that it, it combined a lot of really great elements uh the sneaking around I'm, I'm really excited to play mirage more and see what the like true assassin's creed yeah. sneaking is like but i loved the combat i loved that i could go around to outposts and whatnot and like try to stealthily kill everybody um yes. but truly that like if i needed to or if that if something went wrong Eventually, I could build up my skill set, both in the game and also just like my fingers uh, and their speed or whatever. And and like truly barge in and fucking kill everybody. Yeah. Uh, so but I also love that it was hard to do that. Yes. Anyway, I'm probably getting uh, beyond table setting. So I, I'll just say, yeah, I thought it was um, a lot of the things it was criticized for. I really loved and maybe had I played Assassin's Creed beforehand, I would have criticized as well. So now that I have that taste, that intro Mm -hmm. in in a way that I appreciated, I'm excited to play a game that takes that away. And and I'm excited to get a taste of of old school AC. Yes. Well, that makes that makes so much sense. Um, You know, just so we can get into it even quicker. I think you had mentioned in your history with games, the way that you came to play this one, or at least uh, like teased it a bit. So how did you come to play this game being your first in the series? Yeah. So again, like when I think about games that I want to play, especially because I don't, I'm not very tapped into what the cool new games are or like, you know, whether they're major games like this one or an indie game like Hades, Mm -hmm. um, I, 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 don't get a lot of news. I don't pay a lot of attention to, I guess, the the trades. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I do get a lot of recommendations from friends, et cetera, but I just think about the things that I like and, you know, that the types of adventures I might like to have, the types of worlds I might want to be thrown into. And so I think this, yeah, I, I think what happened was um, COVID more or less, obviously there had been like, you know, vibrations tremors of something very bad happening yes. um in early winter 2020 and by march i think people were getting pretty scared mm-hmm. um and i think you know the, march 10th or 11th uh we get i was i was on an assistant editing job and we are told to stay home. like we're not even working from home yet like there's been a confirmed case on the lot that i'm working on mm. uh right now we're just you know, we're staying home. We're not going to work. Uh, we're just going to see what happens. Um, and this was before like lockdown was called. So yes, I think that day it, it was either that day or, or by the weekend, it was like pouring rain. I remember I yes. went to, yeah. And I went to the GameStop at Vermont and Wilshire. Uh-huh. Um, cause I was like, all right, if we're going to be like in for a while, <laughs> it's a, it's a rainy day anyway, right now I'm going to go buy a video game or two i yes. still have still have my roommate's xbox one i don't know when he's going to be back so it's quote unquote it's there it's, i'm not gonna say it's mine it's mine to use oh i now. wanted you to say it it's it's mine <laughs> um, <laughs> Thank you. you're welcome that was a little uh emperor palpatine i was gonna say that was that was very palpatine <laughs> um but so uh I, and i talked to the guy i'm the kind of guy who likes to go into a store and really like waste 
uh, you know, one of the employees times, just like a- asking them for as much advice or their own opinions as yeah. I can get, whether I'm buying a video game or an Apple. Yes. Um, and, um, oh God, they hate me at the grocery store. And, <laughs> and uh, anyway, so I kind of like, I see AC Odyssey and I'm like, I can't remember if I've heard that this game, like that people didn't really like this or that it's a little cheesy or, or, or lame or like not faithful, whatever it was. But I eventually like I get uh, the the employee at GameStop basically tells me like it's it's a fun game whatever you know it, it's actually it's it's actually good yeah um, I don't think I can't remember but I don't think I got any other games that day um, I might have rebought Far Cry Four but I think I had already done that mm-hmm. um, anyway so um, that's what it was it was it was like the sort of almost lockdown like battening down the hatches yeah you don't know if it's your last trip outside for weeks or what that means right yeah so may as well try this like again i i love greek mythology i love ancient greek history i like single player first it's not really a first person game no it's a it's a third person game but i like that sort of single player combat game um adventure open world all that shit Mm. so yeah so that's 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 why i bought it Cool. Okay, great. Um, that's fantastic. Well, so did you get into it like right as you bought it? Was it something that you didn't play for a few weeks? I don't remember exactly how quick it was. I think with a lot of video games where there's a bit of a either learning curve or like a little bit of like the the especially with Assassin's Creed games, like the, the game sort of has this prologue and then eventually you wake up as the main character as like the main real world character you mm-hmm. let leave the animus and you're sort of and then you eventually go back into the animus so and that takes like a bit of getting used to i think um like there's a game called death loop uh that i had played a bit of and that took like hours and hours to get to like the okay now we're really in the game ah uh, yes i played it i experienced yeah. something similar yes yes yeah. and so, a- anyway so with Odyssey, um, I probably, because I think this happens with like, you know, Far Cry's as well. Like there's a period where it's just kind of hard. Mm-hmm. Like you, you're at a, a huge disadvantage weapons wise, skills wise, strength wise, all that stuff. So like I probably had short bursts of it, maybe that first weekend. And then by that Monday or Tuesday, it might've been a, f- a four day week. It might've been Thursday through Monday that we weren't working. Yeah. By then we were doing a very primitive work from home because we were I, I believe it like a lockdown was announced and we were working from home in a truly mind-blowingly inefficient way yeah. um just based on the technology at the time yeah of course um you know not a lot of remote desktops uh that worked anyway um so the day would like and i would be like waking up and eating a breakfast like working in my robe all day not yeah. showering for a week or whatever but then i would I, I would eventually find a way to to get dinner and um whether i was cooking or some safe delivery anyway i would sit down and i would start playing assassin's creed odyssey and in addition to really really liking it and finding the adventure fun from the get go i was like okay, I do like video games. And maybe like in the past, there, there'd be a Saturday where I'd play a lot of video games all at once or with Far Cry 5, like a, a series that I already like. Maybe I'm playing it a lot anyway. But this I'm I'm playing 
a lot, a lot. Mm -hmm. Like I'm really playing this and I'm taking my time with it. I'm not just doing the main story. I'm not even just doing side missions. I'm taking the long way to and from like checkpoints and map (laughs) map markers. Uh, Why on earth am I doing this? And then I realized, oh, I'm in lockdown right now. I haven't left my house in a, a, a week. I'm spending all of my time, big air quotes, listeners, running around ancient Greece. <laughs> yes. This is my outside time. Yes. Uh, this, this is my outside time. And and so I just, um, I, not only was I hooked, but it was also the only way that I could like interact with quote unquote fresh air. Truly. I think, gosh, that's, uh, I'm sure there's going to be several things we touch on um, today, especially about the context that are that were very relatable and that yeah. many people went through. But just it it's so uh, understandable and and relatable as well. It makes so much sense. You're like checking out a vista, like appreciating a stroll down a path it, that yeah. which normally in a game you might just sprint past or be like, let's just fast travel where. I don't know. And this time, I think a lot of people are doing something similar. Well, and, and I noticed like a lot of my conversations with NPCs or whatever, I would get up really close to them, uh-huh. uh, you know, make sure that we were like the graphics were sort of mushing us into one <laughs> whatever, just because like I just missed being next to people. Yeah. Um, but I mean, yeah, <laughs> the, the other thing I really I, I appreciated about this game, and I think I just appreciate this more and more because I, I said the same thing about Far Cry 4 in like 2015. Mm-hmm. It's like. Right to that point of spending time outside, the the graphics, and again, this is like ancient Greece uh, of like you know no carbon emissions, etc. So like everything was beautiful anyway. But like the vistas were beautiful. I remember thinking, oh, the way that the lighting is working, like even whether it's on tall grass or just the way that the daylight is changing from hour to hour, the way the weather changes. This is the the way that they've rendered these um, now in today's you know greece ruins but the way that they've rendered these ancient uh uh metropolises and metropoli i don't know um <laughs> the way that they've rendered these monuments or, or these statues these temples is beautiful mm-hmm. absolutely gorgeous and of course i mean ps5 4k tv valhalla um in in medieval england is even more so and of course it gets better and better with every generation but like I just remember being totally transfixed by the by the graphics as well. And so it just it it really hooked me. What yeah, that all makes so much sense. And yeah, this is a series that, like I said, I've not interacted with a ton, but like this sort of a triple A developer a developer like Ubisoft and Ubisoft Quebec, gosh, they can make some gorgeous games mm-hmm. that are just so nice to look at. Another series uh that I think about that is just so gorgeous that it actually, I don't maybe you've tried it. Have you played the Horizon series at all? No. Like Horizon a, Zero Dawn or Forbidden West? No, is that a space game? It's series? not actually. Oh, what am I um, thinking of? Okay. Um, I, I don't know. Um, there, but it, regardless, I think it's a series, you know, if you like this style of game, Horizon Zero Dawn is going to be like right up your alley. But anyway, okay. they're just so gorgeous. Um, Now, so you're in the game. You're like totally sucked into it. Uh, what else did you find yourself uh, enjoying about it, whether it was the gameplay or the setting, which I know you're interested in? Yeah. Well, I think the the, the scale of it, like I touched on, was absolutely epic. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I can't remember if in the – because, again, I'm, the only experience I had with Ubisoft um, was Far Cry. Mm-hmm. 
So I can't remember if when you, you know, like you'll, you'll hit these checkpoints where like the map will become unshrouded for a certain range and yes. whatnot. So for Far Cry 3, it was radio towers. You would like disable a radio tower. You'd hack into it. Um, for these, you would just synchronize. Uh, mm. And, you know, your your eagle would give you a, a giant view of, of the surrounding map area. Um, I can't remember if if the radio, I assume it did, the radio towers in Far Cry 3, et cetera, would do the same thing. But I just remember thinking like, again, how be like, I would climb up this giant statue of Zeus uh and like get a huge view of like the greek isles and and it was just it was that that was very very cool um i think you know you're you're kind of established in the beginning to be this character who's got something up with him or her because you can choose you know the Mm -hmm. alexios the male uh version or cassandra the the female and i've played Mm -hmm. it i played it twice i played it with each of them i i must say cassandra is the far better character there but if the if the actor whose likeness and voice were used for alexios you did a great job i just preferred cassandra yes (laughs) um but uh uh, yeah so i I, like you're you're established to be this incredibly uh uh, skilled mercenary to begin with and obviously like you're not gonna be good as either of them yet but like i just i think that they throw you the character him or herself is a very um I think likable character, you're, you know, compassionate, uh, has got no time for, for like bullshit. Yeah. Uh, and like, you kind of just want to like, it, it's, it's a very much like a, like a refusal of the call for a long time. And then like, you know, you're swept away into the, into the Peloponnesian war because you're, you know, off trying to find the secrets of your own family mm-hmm. even, um, I don't remember the question, but uh, <laughs> oh, I was just asking you about stuff you uh, other stuff things I you enjoyed about the game. Yeah. And you're giving an answer. Okay, good. I'm just making sure. Uh, right, and so, like <laughs> you know, I think again, like everything you touched upon. So like the, the naval play as well, like that comes into play, not immediately, but but you know, the, there are things that the, the, the game. Yes. Okay. As a theme, the game rolls out fairly gradually. So like you're not. uh, doing naval battles immediately and that's probably not news to anybody but Mm -hmm. like you know by the time you get to it um it's really really fun and you know you get to fight in the peloponnesian war which is really cool and and the naval battles i would say are probably the hardest thing yeah um because that probably requires the most skill also a bit of luck i mean the physics are really there i mean like you're very much bobbing on the waves um and you're one ship that is being fired upon by like an entire Spartan or Athenian Navy. It's really, really difficult. I think the most times I die are either when I get too cocky and try to fight a rival mercenary whose whose skill level is much higher than my own and who has like poison tipped shit. Uh-huh. Um, or when I try to take on the entire Athenian Navy. Yeah. Um, so it, it's, it's pretty crazy. I, I love the, uh, the side character, the NPCs uh, who are with you, uh, on your quest some of them are are a bit uh, sillier than others uh etc but pretty cool but yeah so i mean i love uh just everything you mentioned and and i love how long the game took yeah. um you know i played it a lot i played it for a long time each time i played and yet it took me months to be yes very meaty there was a lot for you there yes Yes. Yeah. Um, 
Now, when it comes to your, uh, I guess, admiration, your enjoyment of uh, Greek history, um, was that something that you already had coming into playing this game? Or was that something that you developed during it? I'm curious how, like, just how your relationship with that uh, changed or didn't while playing this game. Sure. So, I mean, I took one Greek, ancient Greek history class my freshman year of college. That's right. Um, yes. And I didn't do very well. I think it was on Mondays at 8 a.m., um, <laughs> which is, or maybe 9, maybe 9 yeah. a.m., but I'm pretty sure it was Monday mornings. Um, do you mind me asking where you went to school? I went to NYU. Cool, cool. Yeah, yeah. And so, I mean, I, I loved that. And I mean, I was a film student, so we had to take gen eds, uh, which is good. Yep. Um. I wish I had taken more probably, but um, I've always been interested in Greek mythology and so taking an age and also ancient history in general. Um, and uh, so, yeah, uh, taking that ancient Greek history class was cool and interesting. I can't say that I retained a lot. I think again, because of the time it, it took place uh, also the number of years in the, you know, in the interim, but um so I, I wouldn't say that I came in with a whole lot of expertise, maybe some knowledge. And mm -hmm. like, you know, as I played, some things maybe came back to me, but I don't think I was there playing like, oh, well, that's not true. Or that's not what that would have been called. <laughs> that's not how they would have pronounced things. Yes. Um, I didn't get to that until I got to the uh, Fate of Atlantis DLC. Ah. Um, so one thing I, I admire about the game is um, it seems like the team really tried to make an authentic world uh, in every conceivable way, including accents and pronunciations, mm. which I admire and appreciate. Uh, but some of the pronunciations were very strange to me. Like we've always been, I think, uh, taught that like the the witch that um, uh, Odysseus meets on his Odysseys, uh, uh, or one of them, but is, is pronounced Circe or Circe or something. Uh, they pronounced it Kirki, huh? Which is interesting, and maybe that's how Greeks or ancient Greeks would have sure. pronounced that. Fine, and I can totally get on board with that. And like, uh, you know, like uh, uh, Alexios, I don't know if Cassandra pronounced it this way for sure, but I know Alexios would be like Artemis instead of Artemis, and ah. that that's one of those things where like I totally believe that that's how Greek, modern, or ancient would pronounce uh, uh, Artemis. But I also would believe it if somebody was like, yeah, no, that's just them trying to like. Some actor made a choice and no one corrected them on it. Exactly. The yeah. one the one that I truly could not wrap my head around uh, was in Fate of Atlantis chapter one. Uh, you're in Elysium, part of Hades, and uh, mm -hmm. you meet Hermes, which is super cool. Love to meet a god. Wow. And he and he's like a partner of Persephone. Uh, who in this story, I guess, lives in Elysium or rules over Elysium. Uh, but he pronounces it Persephone, which just feels weird. Yeah, that's hard not to even you're like, hey, even if it's true, it's bumping for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just, just can you do me one favor? Uh, yes. And, and look, again, maybe that's and I don't want to be disrespectful. Uh, maybe that's how ancient or modern, you know, yeah. Greek pronunciation, you know, would 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 pronounce it but i it's just you spend however 30 you know 30 years or roughly that he hearing persephone yes you're not gonna it's just a little it's great. hard to reprogram your brain like that yeah. yeah um 
I want to get into or like talk just a little bit more because you've already sort of given us like a little bit of taste of the context from your life um, from that time. Before I do, though, um, was is there like a favorite moment that you had playing this game or like a sequence or anything like that? Uh, do you mean in the game? In the game itself, yeah. yes. Um, gosh, I... I, uh, and I know it's been like three years or so. <laughs> it has. I mean, so when I... Re- I think I replayed it in either twenty late 2021 or no, I think it would have been around the holidays, 2021 or 22, probably 22, because I got really nostalgic and I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to re-download this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I might have even bought it. It must have been super... Like repurchased it because it was for yes. a different console. It might have been super on sale in the PS store. Uh, and nice. that's wh- why I allowed myself to do it. But um, trying to think, uh, one specific instance or like sequence in this game. Um, and if if that, let's say that's not coming to mind too, I'll open it up a little more and be like, was there a favorite like gameplay aspect as well? Mm. So I know I'm kind of broadening it, but like if any of those stick out to you. Sure. Um, well, I would say uh, a couple, maybe. Um, there's, I think, one um, fort. I can't remember in which region mm-hmm. of uh, of the. You know, okay, there might be a couple, but there's one fort in in one of the regions of ancient Greece on the map that you uh, can like raid and like take people out in to to steal the resources and and try to like weaken the the government of that city state um and to try to trigger a a a battle Mm -hmm. um and i just i think i remember both times i played it feeling like this isn't this is like a massive installation uh, and like it's very difficult, but I'm like doing a really good job creeping yeah. around and just like assassinating people every which way. And it's I, I I wish I could be more specific than that. I think there's oh you know what fuck it no 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 okay I got it. Um, there's a side quest of, like where you have to hunt all of these mythological animals. I oh. guess um, not mythological, but like these legendary animal. And I think saying that anyone listening who loves this game will know exactly where I'm going. Yeah. One of them, uh, and if you get all of them, I think you get to like eventually fuck uh, this character. Uh, but well, so, worth it sounds like. Yeah. There's a lot of there's a lot of romance. So what I like is that uh, romance is. Um, it seems like the character is is either bi or pansexual, mm-hmm. uh, which is pretty cool, uh, regardless of gender. So, you, like, there are characters, there's NPCs all over the place, whether they're crucial to the story or not, who you just like get to romance and like hmm. m- maybe fuck if you play your cards right. Also, now that I like think back to what I was saying about Nightfire, I don't love that this is like a, a twice mentioned priority for me. <laughs> um, but that's just like I think you get. While you're killing, while you're hunting these legendary animals, you get like various pieces of armor and eventually you get to romance the like head of this hunting cult. Um, but uh, anyway, one of them is a wild boar that you, it's a massive boar that you have to hunt down. And it's very, very difficult because boars are 
uh, hard animals to hunt in any game. But in addition to being uh, brutal with its physical attacks, it also lets out these fucking farts, like actual like <laughs> farts uh, that are noxious, that poison you. So, oh. like, you. so like you have to either have some sort of remedy or just like run around so that like you can uh, uh, not be you're like poisoned. avoiding the fart cloud exactly. yeah exactly so yeah. you have to time it all well etc so i think like that's just very very funny and it's also very hard um so that's something that comes to mind on a specific level yes G- generally speaking i do love those uh like i forget what they're called um but they're like battles to like change uh there's like army versus army and like you're there and, a, and oh, another sure. another mercenary is there and you just like get to fucking kill everybody yeah um it's a huge combat event, um, and it if you win it, I always play on the side of the uh, attacker because the results are the the rewards are better. Mm-hmm. But you know, so if you're playing on the attacker, the the result is that the if you win, uh, the city state's allegiance to either Athens or Sparta changes. Oh, okay, playing. gotcha. Yeah. Um, Interesting. Yeah, so I love those, and I love the naval battles similarly. Cool. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it sounds like a game that just has so much uh, that is well designed in it. There could be a number of things you really enjoy. Yes. Um, so thank you for humoring me there. Uh, when it comes to the context uh, from your life, whether broad or specific, we've touched on it a bit. But is there yeah. anything else you want to share from this period that was that is familiar to many of us? Well, yeah. So again, like my my only. Um... I think that the only major context of this is, yeah. is that I was truly playing it in the throes of lockdown. I I, I may have finished it by the summer. I can't mm-hmm. remember. Um, but I, you know, it's one of those things where like whenever I hear the music and I hadn't really heard the music, so I'm pretty sure it's different for Valhalla, but I think because it's an anniversary year for Assassin's Creed, when I booted up uh, Mirage for the first time I heard the, and I look I don't know if this is AC music throughout the franchise but yeah at least for like the pause menu of Odyssey like you're the uh, 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 or whatever it was uh and uh, <clears throat> I took voice lessons in high school um oh, we could tell yeah 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 I'm seeing our listenership is jumping up at the moment yeah oh this is a live episode yeah yeah um, <laughs> <laughs> sorry uh but so I like hear that. And I think back to um, like sitting on my old couch. Yeah. Um, uh, again, having not showered for like a week. Yes. Uh, uh, Same yeah, apartment, think, different place. Uh, different place from this okay. one. Now I live alone. But, um, you know, that that apartment um, and like just all the things that that period of time reminds me of, like a, a brutal landlord. Uh, mm. Yeah, real bad. Taking like those long eventual covid walks um (laughs) you know cloth masks or even like gaiters and buffs over my mouth Mm -hmm. um you know whatever it was just like all those pre-vaccine uh uh things i even like i think back to there's a great italian place in uh los Feliz on hillhurst called la pergoletta and they yeah and they would do this uh two for one deal in those days where you could order and you know pick it up they would you know two pastas a bottle of wine and a dessert for like a f- considering what you were getting a fairly reasonable amount wow. of money and i would get those like not all the time but but fairly you know like once or twice a month maybe yeah. and like so i i would come like i think there was one time where i literally turned on the game and had and i think this is why and i had the pause menu on and i fucking ate my pasta for a long time and then i had the wine with me and, and like i was playing this game but so all that time that music 
was playing as I was eating my pasta. So I'll, I'll hear the other day when I was booting up Mirage, I heard that music like with the same voices mm. as Odyssey. And I was like, oh, I want La Pergoletta right now. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh, man. There were uh, like certain places that I would also sort of get routinely if I was just like, I'm we co- I'm cooking every night. I got to get something that like. I still sort of remember, even though I've had all of them since, like as a pandemic routine. Yeah. Um. So, oh, and I didn't. Gosh, La. Now you're, you know, the music makes you want La Pergoletta. You talking about it makes me want it. Uh, oh yeah, I had what a great night. place. It, it's really good. And like as for again, listeners who live in LA who have not been there yet. I mean, there's a lot of great Italian in this town. A lot of it is very. Uh, famous chef forward yes and like and which is i mean look nancy silverton's moza is amazing i went there for my birthday the other night uh Ooh, and- did you go to the osteria yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I used i worked there for a few years so like i nice. I know that plays very well yes yeah and i it's delicious i love it it is very much price-wise however a special special treat <laughs> yes it is uh it's a huge splurge la pergoletta is not and like again, it's it's handmade, very well made mm-hmm. pasta, uh, with good sauce, and it's pretty mm. reasonably priced, and it's a great date spot. Yes, it feels like an like a rustic trattoria. At least the one on Hillhurst, the one on Sunset is also good uh, food and yeah. smaller. Um, yeah, has nothing to do with video games, however. No, um, but hey, listener, yeah. run, don't walk to La Pergoletta if you're in the that's LA right. area. Also, that same plaza, good dry cleaner. Um, oh, I know. I mean, I gosh, I that not to get too much off topic because I do want to <laughs> get back to you and then sort yeah. of wrap up. But uh, I've been going to that plaza since I moved to L.A. because the bar there's a bar there, the drawing room, yes, which yes. you also might be familiar with. Oh, yeah. And when I first moved here, I listened to a podcast where the people on that podcast would talk about going to the drawing room. And I happened to move like less than a mile from there. So we started going there regularly and uh anyway have a lot i remember i don't know if you watched nathan for you but not much there was an episode there's like a dumb starbucks episode where they make a fake place called dumb starbucks and it was yes. in the unit that la pergoletta is oh, in yeah um wild. so anyway just a lot of familiarity with that specific little um that little uh like suite of areas but yeah. uh Anyway, yeah. uh, before we do wrap up and get to the post-show segments, I did want to give you a chance. Um, if there's anything you didn't get to share about the game or or the context, feel free. And if not, I'd love to have you just put a bow on whatever place this game held for you. Sure. So I do have a couple other things. By all sorry, means. sorry, listeners. Uh, fast forward buttons right there. Don't you dare uh, press it. You listen to John. Yeah. No, that was that was a test. And if you press <laughs> the button, you failed. Um <laughs> So, yeah, you know, you, you mentioned I, I'm kind of like going off of the, the table setting. Yeah. From before um, you mentioned the microtransactions. Uh, mm. My first question is because I'm a little bit more of a novice gamer, especially today, like with with, you know, more uh, robust gaming. I think I know because I watch Mythic Quest, but what exactly so I can place them in the context of this yes. game are microtransactions. Microtransactions will generally be like a cosmetic addition to the game that the player can purchase. So it's like, oh, hey, 
you want this suite of costumes like it's five bucks and you get this whole set of the whatever from this town or um you can get and sometimes it's not just cosmetic sometimes it could be something like uh like hey you get this weapon or this this and that so it's usually like small purchases that you can make in game generally after already having purchased a full game so that's that's what i thought and i wasn't sure if a microtransaction was specifically like there's a a a for lack of a better word, a portal of some kind in the gameplay. Like you're in a town and there's a marketplace. And and in addition to using your game uh, rupees or whatever uh, to um, purchase goods at the marketplace, you can also spend real American dollars on special items. I, I, I thought that's what it might be. But so, right, in, in AC Odyssey, there's the Animus store where mm. you can purchase, right, uh, armor sets, weapons, uh, cosmetic changes for your mount or your eagle, whatever. Um, and it was always a line that I drew with video games. Was like, I'm not going to spend money on this yeah. shit. I've already bought the game. I'm yes. not going to give, I'm not going to take the fact that I have a credit card and give myself a big advantage. So I think a very good sign of how much fun I was having and also how little of a shit I gave about anything uh-huh. dur- during lockdown was that I allowed myself to go to the animus store and and buy some things i think yeah. i may i spent i don't know maybe a total of like 30 or or 40 dollars mm-hmm. in addition not counting the dlc um uh, fate of atlantis yes um so i bought i think one or two i think maybe one armor set with weapon and it was the um i think it was the underworld set it made me okay. look like a like a fucking like undertaker like hades kind of guy <laughs> Uh, it's like fiery and all that shit. And then I bought, and so I think from from now on, if I buy anything in the Animus store for any Assassin's Creed game, it will be a mount with wings. Gotcha. Yeah. And despite what I said before, um, I do like to be a little bit expedient with my with my travel. Uh, I'm not always taking the long way, and yes. so to have a horse that can jump the wings means that a horse can jump off of a cliff and not injure itself and oh, like die or whatever. It basically makes it land soft. Yeah. Um. And so to be, it's also one of the first skills I acquire when I'm playing is like the ability to jump off of something and not take damage. Totally. Because it's just like I just I just I don't have to deal with that. Like, yes. It it takes a long time to skip like to you know go down a cliff just like let me jump and let me be fine. it's okay yeah not everything has to be realistic um so i bought some of that stuff um and then i think eventually like you progress through the game and like the the weapons you get and the um armor you can acquire first of all it's satisfying to wear stuff that you earned um and oh, also sure. it, it's also very good it's good stuff so like the cosmetic stuff i try really hard not to buy in in ac valhalla i never bought any of the like um uh I, n- I never bought any of the cosmetic stuff by itself so like if there were settlement uh cosmetics or, oh yes or, or, or long ship cosmetics i never bought those uh the long ship stuff i ever had came with sets that i bought that would give me like cool weapons and armor mm, that gotcha. i yeah that i liked and like i'm not gonna i think now i i've established i like assassin's creed i will allow myself to purchase one pack that seems cool sure because yeah. I'm, I'm a grown-up and i can do what i want um, but I, I can totally like see why people would be disappointed in that. I, I feel like the impression I got was like, oh, are there like merchants around who will like 
like or 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 like are you being stopped every like other chapter or whatever trying to like oh yeah buy this shit or whatever and so i, I was like i don't remember that yeah but, uh, but yeah I, the end obviously i couldn't say but sure. it sounds like from your memory that wasn't the case no i i mean yeah. i i guess i can understand the criticism especially like if in previous games there wasn't as much to buy but like you always have the agency not to buy stuff so it's it should be fine totally and if you're having a good time then it's like a good sign uh or, or a good way of expressing that like maybe it's not going to make the game easier or better for everyone and i would hope it wouldn't make the game drastically easier but like i don't know i would never buy something that truly did not impact the way i play the game beyond cosmetic but i like the bident of the underworld or the whatever it was like some fucking yeah. pi flaming pitchfork i also happen to like move sets that like let me set people on fire um again I don't, I don't know why, but not everything has to be realistic. And totally. I'm, I'm not going around stabbing people in real life. So like, let me do it in the most, in the silliest way here. Yes. Um, anyway, uh, so there's that. And then I will also say the DLC, I didn't play Legend of the First Blade. I heard it wasn't great. I have no idea. I didn't play it. But uh, Fate of Atlantis was awesome. I thought that mm. it was... I, I, I want the one thing I wanted more of from this ancient Greek game was to meet some gods. Like if, if Cassandra and Alexios are like half God or whatever it was, if, yeah. if they're, if they're mythic in, in some way, like I want that interaction. I want to see a video game that allows me to interact with, and not just in, in like quote bubbles, like Hades, but like really like makes these gods aside from Hades characters. Mm-hmm. And so to have that was really, really cool. To run around Elysium, especially after playing and beating Hades, was really cool. Yeah. Um, I thought that the extension of the story was pretty was pretty great. The boss battle with Hades in Assassin's Creed, because uh, we're not talking about Hades, <laughs> uh, was very challenging and Ooh. really fun. Um, spending time in Atlantis was pretty cool. Um, I will say uh, of the... Um, of the three level or the three chapters, I think Atlantis was maybe my least favorite. Mm. Um, maybe because I knew I was approaching the end end. Um, but, uh, and I would say, I can't remember exactly, but I think that the ending wasn't disappointing, but it was a little like, oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, however, there was a cinematic that led into like a little bit of Cassandra showing up. And this was, I, I'm pretty sure it was either DLC or it was just like a patch into uh, AC Valhalla. Yeah. And so, like, that was pretty good to see Cassandra show up, like, to play a lot of AC Valhalla, or maybe even beat it, and then uh, play AC Odyssey again, and then, like, jump back into Valhalla, and, like, because there was new stuff that they had added, and to see, oh, there's Cassandra, and I, I just I just played the ending of that, or whatever, um, and so now I know why she's here. Yes. It's pretty cool. It, it is pretty cool. Um, That's awesome. So yeah, so I guess that would be uh, the the extra. So I hope I haven't gone too long, but no, like, go for it. You're good. Yeah, no, it was just a very satisfying, like to the point about microtransactions. I, I found them really fun. Cool, gotcha. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then I mean, I just wanted to extend it again. Was there? Uh, did you want to wrap up? You know, whatever general place this game held for you. Sure. I mean, I think that this game was the first of a couple that, as far as single player games, that really provided. Um, a lot of comfort and entertainment, but also like engagement. 
um, maybe not with other people, mm -hmm. but just engagement during a, a very trying time for all of us. Um, and uh, I will always be grateful to it for that. And I will always be nostalgic for it um, and, and for playing the game. And, and weirdly for that time, I think all of us have like a complicated nostalgia for like early lockdown days big time when, yeah when things were so scary but also like we had no choice but to like kind of stay put and do what we could to feel comfortable yes. so yeah so I'm, I'm very grateful to the game for that reason um and like i said uh, at the top when you were setting the setting the scene um like when you think about the boxes to check for video game enjoyment for me personally the adventure, the combat, the world, the scope, the story, etc. I really feel like this ticked all of them. I, is it a perfect game? No. Uh, and 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 I have no prior Assassin's Creed context, uh, and I'm not the biggest gamer. So like, I, you know, I, I'm I'm like a blockbuster movie fan in yeah. this context. Like, I'm not a I'm I'm not the the video game version of a cinephile here. But I really liked it, and it yeah. was really it was really fun. And um, I never got to play uh, God of War, mm -hmm. yeah, uh, which is the other I think Greek mythology game, yeah, uh, aside from Hades. Um, and now I can't seem to find it without it seeming like it's it's. I would be downloading Ragnarok. Um, oh, I see which, what you mean. Yeah, yeah, which is a bummer because I would love to play, play like the original one that yeah actually Kratos. tied to Greek mythology exactly um interesting yeah so i never got to play that but like for this one to set it in history and uh incorporate mythology i just i, I really enjoyed it look i never felt like i was playing i think i build it to my dad not that i needed to justify a purchase yeah. as an adult but i think i build it to him as like an, a greek history game yeah. <laughs> uh, which i think he thought to he took to to mean like maybe i was learning something yes i don't know how much i learned although i do appreciate god sorry listeners um, I do appreciate like that Assassin's Creed has like historical um uh information yes. tied into the like the menu. Definitely. Like you, you can like take a tour of ancient Greece. Uh and it'll be like stuff that you could read in a textbook. Oh. Um but you can walk around and it's pretty it's pretty cool. Um so while I never felt like I was learning a whole lot, like I, I know that like I, I don't know. Pericles in history is is very different from Pericles in Assassin's Creed Odyssey, uh, etc. Yeah. Right? Um, I know that the cult of cosmos is not a real thing, but um, yeah, it was all just very very cool to like experience the Oracle at Delphi, yes. um, you know, or or meet Herodotus and Socrates, uh, etc. Were really really cool things. It 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 just felt um. It felt very special to get to play that, especially at a time when, like, look, I'm not going to say that, like, Socrates became my friend or it felt like I was friends with these people. Um, but, like, at a time when we were all feeling a little isolated from one another, aside from, like, Zoom sessions yeah. or whatever, like, it was cool to just, you know, be in a be in a, a, a realistic but still fantasy world that I was already interested in, in yes. diving into. Awesome. Well, I'm glad that, you know, you connected with this game on seemingly so many levels and for so <laughs> many different reasons and that it it like filled uh, a great spot for you at that time, at a time that like we all needed something like like this. So thank you for bringing uh, Assassin's Creed Odyssey on to discuss today uh, for your main event. Uh, before we go, I do have two post-show segments prepared for you based oh, yes. on this game. Let's uh, do it. The first of which... 
John, is the uh, is the fact me by your game segment. And this is just where I share fun facts with my guest about the game they brought on. Um, and uh, one of these, uh, in fact, plays uh, – well, I'll get to it. But I've got two facts for you today. The first of – by the way, these both come uh, from a wonderful – uh, gaming YouTube channel that I'm often referencing during this segment called Did You Know Gaming? Uh, I recommend that you go watch. They have a whole video just on Assassin's Creed Odyssey. So it's cool. like seven minutes of bonus stuff that I think you'll enjoy. Uh, I titled this one, Dialogue Doesn't Grow on Dialogue Trees. Wait. Uh, Odyssey introduced dialogue trees uh, to the Assassin's Creed series. Oh, um, yes. And the dialogue in the game was influenced by the dialogues of the Greek philosopher Plato. Ever heard of him, folks? Uh, mm. Now, as told by the game's director, Jonathan Dumont, uh, in Plato's writings, two characters will argue a topic by asking each other questions, which often reveals uh, inconsistencies in like a person's viewpoint. And I guess this is something that they uh, like employed um quite liberally in this game as well that's i don't know if you had like found any like enjoyed the dialogue or like how the sort of worked but this was a big part of it i i did i mean you know i i sometimes i thought that some of the performances of the dialogue were, were maybe a little silly uh sure. not which is not a, i don't mean that in a bad way i just like it was amusing because it's a video game so it should be fun mm -hmm. um but other performances were fantastic also again a little tangent but to what i said about alexios maybe not being as fun to play with mm -hmm. i actually do think the performance of the actor playing alexios when he's an npc uh and a villain mm. is actually is actually quite good Ooh. uh and yeah because so if you choose cassandra cassandra you're you, you know you're you're the other character is Alexios and vice versa. Yes. Uh, so almost, almost delved into spoiler city folks. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, being able to choose um, different responses or different lines of questioning, different reactions, et cetera. Um, and, and how that uh, influenced the story. Uh, this was not my first time. Like uh, I think my first experience with that was far cry four. Okay, cool. But it was, it was really, really fun. And I will confess being presented with the possibility of multiple endings before even playing the game yeah does make me consider looking at walkthroughs and stuff for sure which i definitely relied on more the first time i played it because i wanted to get to that meaty ending mm -hmm. the second time i played it first of all i was a little more familiar with it but i also uh wanted to just kind of let my shit go totally just yeah. see what happens this time see around. what happens i will say i think my instincts were pretty right for a lot of them, but I also think like the the ethics and the morality of like your choices are pretty standard, and like they want you to be as humanist as you can be, yes. and that generally leads to the best ending. I think I've learned over the years that if you have the option to kill or not kill somebody, it's generally better to not kill them. You yeah. get more information <laughs> out, and you can usually kill them later. And if you were always supposed to kill them, then you'll have a chance to kill them. Yes. And, and anyway, so, you know, I, all that to say, like, it's hard to make the wrong decisions. Yes. Some at least I've found. I know you totally. can. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that makes a lot of sense. Um, yeah. The second fact that I have for you, I have titled. Now, that's what I call research. Um, we talked a bit about like you you had mentioned um, often how authentic the world and the game felt to you um, when it comes to representing at least what society would have been like, you know, in, in Greece at the time. Uh, 
Now, in order to most accurately represent society during uh, the Peloponnesian War, massive amounts of research was done. Uh, the team wanted to capture the essence of the time and place as best as possible. Uh, and so for Odyssey, Ubisoft hired a specialist with a PhD in ancient Greek history. Uh, they also worked with historians in the UK, Canada, and Greece. And um, to top it off, I guess that the development team, or at least some of the team, I don't know if everybody went because it's probably hundreds of people, uh, even visited Greece during the development of this game. Uh, and in order to get a better sense of the country and its climate, they took a 10-day tour of Athens, Sparta, Delphi, and Creed, and so some other areas. So they like really went heavy on the research to, and which it sounds like it paid off from what I can yeah. tell from you. Yeah, it sounds, I mean, that's really cool. I, I don't know that I knew that there, and I imagine that this is uh, at the front of most, if not all, Assassin's Creed. I don't know when they started doing this, if not at the beginning. Yeah. Um, I know they did it at Odyssey. And um, apologies for the engine that just went by. Um, but <laughs> I, I don't know if you heard it or not. But um, anyway, I, I've seen it in all the, the games I've played so far that, you know, that it was built by a team of, of diverse, um, you know, identities and backgrounds, et cetera. And I think that that's really cool. And I do think that especially with Odyssey and, and Forward, that's definitely apparent. Yeah. Um, even in in something as basic and and hopefully obvious at this point as being able to choose uh, a, a character's gender yeah. um especially like which was uh, uh improved upon i think in uh valhalla that Eivor, you can choose for avor to be avor is the protagonist in that one uh for avor to be either male or female or have the game sort of choose for like switch and choose for oh, you. oh that's right yeah it's very it's very interesting but so i, I and i I don't remember if it's consistent. I think there might be a couple of like slips or whatever, mm -hmm. but I do think Eivor is supposed to be non-binary in general. Gotcha. I don't okay. remember. I, I don't quote me on that. Um, anyway, so yeah, that, that's all really, really cool. It, it, regardless of how things play out, it the intention and the effort placed on accuracy and on authenticity is really really impressive and admirable i think yeah um i wanted to include that and i was glad that it ended up being something that was like appreciated by you uh that'll do it for the fact me by your game segment and i'll lead us into the final one of the episode uh, and that is the game recommendations now john this is the time in the podcast where i make my one forced connection to the movie call me by your name where i'm gonna treat Assassin's Creed Odyssey, like your passionate summer fling that you had in Italy that unfortunately is not going to work out. So in order to help you get over this heartbreak, uh, which is exactly how I describe it, uh, I'm going to present you with a few potential flings, some other games that have each have something in common with Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Um, to help you get over that heartbreak. Uh, what do you say? You open to, you know, oh, finding yeah. love again? Yes. Oh, I think my, my heart is open. I'm ready. Very good. Well, I've got three for you today. The first of which is if you like your ancient Greek setting, but you somehow need it more violent and more fixated on the mythology than actual ancient Greece, I'll recommend to you a game you brought up that you've been trying to play, God of War, the original yeah. one. Um, now the God of War series, at least 2018 and, and Ragnarok, they are um, they're they're focused more on uh, Norse mythology. Um, but these games, I I would wonder, 
it'd be worth doing a little research into the PlayStation Plus tiers that mm-hmm. they have available to see if any of these games are available. Um, I would hope that they would be, but no guarantee. So that that's my first recommendation for you. Yeah. Uh, playing with Kratos and the first God of War. Um, the second recommendation for you is if what you took away from this game was you love an open world rpg that is your thing but instead of being you know focused or based in history you want yours based more in fiction i'll recommend to you a game called the witcher 3 do you know this uh, game at all i know of it because of the netflix series which i haven't watched but i hear people enjoy yes this is i mean i've it's a game i've admittedly never experienced but only hear fantastic things i i also recommended uh the horizon series which Mm -hmm. is different than the witcher but could scratch a similar itch um and i think for your ps5 i think finding a copy of even if it's just a ps4 copy uh those games are not especially the first one that came out i don't know six years ago is a lot cheaper uh but that's the witcher 3 and your final recommendation is if instead of what you do in Assassin's Creed, and I am being reductive at this point, <laughs> uh, if instead of being an assassin and killing people, you'd rather live a life of finding out and discovering how people died and and documenting that in, in a sort of a mystery setting, I'll recommend to you a game called The Return of the Obra Dinn, uh, which is a game where you play as, uh, I don't know if it's a researcher or what, but you board this ship called the Obra Dinn, which had disappeared years and years ago and is mysteriously uh, washed ashore and all of its crew are gone. And you essentially, through a special ability, are trying to determine how everyone died, who killed who. You're solving the mystery. So again, if instead of killing, you want to find out how people died, <laughs> then uh, this is your game. Uh, cool. I'll go ahead and close us out with uh, with just repeating those recommendations. We have the original God of War, The Witcher 3, and Return of the Obra Dinn. Uh, John, that'll do it for the game recommendations. And then I'll actually bring us, you're so welcome, uh, to the end of the show. So before we go and uh, do whatever plugs for whatever we'd like, uh, thanks again for taking the time to do this today and bringing on Assassin's Creed Odyssey. This was so much fun to hang out and get to chat for a bit. Oh, this was awesome, Connor. Thank you so much for having me. You know, when I when I looked at the um, the episode lists on, yes. on, on Instagram, you know, I see a lot of games I played in childhood, you know, whether it's, you know, Game Boy games like the Pokemon ones, or yeah, or Nightfire, uh, for example. You know, I thought to myself, Jesus, is a, is a game from 2018 really going to fit this bill? And the more I thought about it, the more we talked about it, the more I was yeah. like, yeah, if the theme is really nostalgia and, and a game that holds a special place and time in your life, honestly, I really think that that this is the one that maybe holds the most special uh, place. Wow. So really cool to get to talk to you about it. Of course, and I'm so glad that it. It ended up working out for you that way. You know, I think like like you were sort of getting to uh, this show, often the games that people bring on are from childhood. Not all the time, but often because it's such a, such a ripe time. But I'm glad that a more recent experience fit the bill for you as well. Um, so on our way out, is there any social media or anything you'd like to plug that I could put in the show notes? Sure, yeah. I wish I had uh, uh, stand-up shows and whatnot to, to tell people to come to but at, or a podcast of my own. But, uh, you know, for now, why don't we just say uh, I'm a little less active on Twitter, but my Instagram and Twitter are both John Hess 1005. Uh, It's J-O-N, not J-O-H-N. 
important Hess? distinction, folks. One thousand five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't I don't know who J O H N Hess is, but uh I'm sure he's a really nice guy. He's you with uh with a goatee and he's <laughs> and he's even nicer. Um yeah, well, not not Jewish though. Yes, of course not. Uh no, no. Well, thank you again one. for uh for coming on, John. Uh I'll go ahead and close this out with some plugs of my own. Um, the show art for Call Me By Your Game is done by Glenn J. If you've seen the art for the show, it's fantastic. Uh, check him out on Instagram at Glenn with two N's dot J A Y to see what else he's up to and see his other great works of art. Uh, this show is produced by the great Jeremy Schmidt. Uh, you can give him a tip of your cap, a little thank you by checking out his podcast, Video Games a Comedy Show. Uh, it's more of a roundtable style group uh, discussion show on whatever the heck we want to talk about. Sometimes the topics are as uh high concept as the roast of mario where members of the mushroom kingdom are doing a comedy central style roast of mario or it's just us talking about the scariest licensed games we've ever played and by that i mean they're so bad that they're scary which was an episode i was on when you're listening to this the week before uh anyway it's a bunch of fun halloween themed stuff over there right now uh you can find me on uh twitter and instagram at connor underscore mccabe i'm on uh blue sky as well at connor mccabe I have not streamed in a while, so don't expect it anytime soon, but I'm over at twitch.tv slash cons is cool. 69 if you want to uh, follow me there for the next time I do uh, find the time to stream. And then lastly, uh, I talked about it up top, but check us out on Patreon. Uh, we're over at patreon.com slash super NPC radio. And if you like the conversations that I have with people about video games and you want to, you're like, hey, I went through the whole catalog. I want more Connor uh, talking about games. Uh, there are hundreds of episodes there uh if you subscribe at the ten dollar dj toad tier you get that games club that i was talking about every week you get three bonus podcasts in total including a monthly version of the show uh where i talk to people about uh, a game that we all played it's the co-op series um and i think it's literally on the the 24th october 24th our next episode is coming out all about the game firewatch the first person narrative adventure have you played this game john yes i I, yeah i didn't mean to I no, I lo- a, I'm glad yes. to. I, I was actually when you were talking about um, uh, the the Obra Dinn, right? Yes, yes. I was going to say, and if you if anyone playing that really likes uh, games where you're just trying to figure stuff out, yeah, Fire, Firewatch is great. I just finished it a couple days ago, and I, without spoiling anything, all I will say is that I kept wondering where the story was going to go, and as it finally turned a corner, it all started to hit me on what they were doing with the mm-hmm. story, and I thought it was a a great like four to five hour experience yeah a nice quick game beautiful scenery yes yeah very good yeah, uh very good so listeners hey if you like firewatch and you want to hear me a whole episode about that game uh in more of a panel discussion than like a nostalgia focused one check us out there but that'll do it for this episode of call me by your game we will see you on the next one Bye.